Blog Talk Radio. It's time to strap our boots on. This is a perfect day to die. Wipe the blood out of our eyes. In this life, there's no surrender. And there's nothing left for us to do. Find the strength to see this through.
you know, at a rally, they're on a different side than the protesters, and you are seeing them, you know, being blocked from movement. And then they, they you know, so they knock somebody down. This is uh, what happened in New Mexico. And so guys, I don't, you know, knock uh, somebody down, then they chase him, and then he turns around and then shoots the people. He get, they, they get him on the ground, he gets away, and he, he shoots the people, and... You know, now he's he's got in charge, and I like to get more information uh, on that. I've seen some videos on Twitter's recently, um, and so and I haven't been able to get as more uh, detailed information on that. But these are the things I'm seeing <laughs> now. As you know, I've been uh, touting or prognosticating or warning or whatever you want to say for quite some time. Uh, and I, I think we're here. I really do think that we're here. I think we are getting ready, and we're we're starting in the midst of an American civil war. And just to, to show how you know, and you know, listeners, I have been saying it for a while, but just to show how long I've been even thinking this is. Remember back in 2016, I lost a good friend of of 2000, you know, 10 years because you know I voted for Trump, and and he didn't, and lost both of the friends and. And back in February of last year, uh, my daughter was doing some uh, visits to colleges, and, and one of the colleges she went to visit uh, was my alma mater. And that's where I actually met my friend as, a, as I was a student. He was a professor there, so you know he is a excuse me he is a deal older than I am. He's one of my professors, but over time we developed a, a friendship, which became a close friendship. And so, you know, and so in 2019, so three years after the election, I reached out to my friend and through an email said, hey, you know, my daughter's going to do a college visit. Uh, how about we do lunch? So I'm thinking, yeah, this is three years after we lost our friendship. And here's a uh, what his response is to that email. Now, this was February 15th. Uh, I, I emailed him February 14th, and his response, uh, February 15th of last year, he said, Rob, I don't think we have much to talk about. We've gone down two distinctly different roads. Maybe we should leave it at that. And this was my response. You know, it was a couple of days ago. It took me a couple of days to respond because I was pretty shocked because, okay, we, we, you know, went to weddings together. We went to, you know, game, you know, ball games and hung out with each other and, and uh, at each other's homes and bringing in the new year and, you know, things of that nature. So we, we were good friends. And it might you know, so it took me a while to, to kind of format what I wanted to say to him in that response, and this was the February seventeenth uh so you know a, a year and you know four months actually to the day today's the seventeenth so a year and four months ago today i said i don't know I, we don't know it's I'll, I can say his first name because we don't have to do it this last but I said, wow, Gary." I said, years of friendship gone due to whom we supported for president. It's a shame. However, it is indicative on how the American people are today. Much as it was during the Civil War, the people, neighbors, families, friends, torn apart due to a singular issue or ideology. 
Americans had that had more in common than not. Indeed, perhaps America is heading towards another civil war as some contend. So, yeah, I'm not the only person who's been saying it, right? I went off the letter a little bit, or email. You know, so, I mean, but I've been, I've been on that, that train of thought as well. It, now, it says, perhaps not as bloody as, this is back to the email. I put, perhaps not as bloody as the first, but where a people are forever split due to the focus of our differences rather than our commonalities. And that that's where we're at. I mean, we're seeing we're, we're seeing Americans who aren't. I mean, if, if it's not at war, if we're shooting at each other, and I'm not just talking about the cops shooting at criminals. But, you know, and the, the guy uh, in Atlanta that now got charged with murder plus eleven other, uh, you know, eleven other charges. Who, in my view, with what I've seen on the videos taser at the police officer i mean if that taser would have hit it may not have killed him but it certainly would have stunned the officer and who to say that guy wouldn't have run back taken the officer's gun while he was stunned and then shot the other officer so who to say that wouldn't happen and then we have the the incident in new mexico when you know protesters are trying to literally chisel down uh statues and then you had people trying to get them away from it. And then this guy's trying to get through the crowd, you know, and a woman is in front of him kind of blocking his way, and he pretty much knocks her down. But hey, you know what? In, in today's world, normally I'd be against that. Well, you don't knock down a woman. But you know what? I mean, if, if a woman wants to be on par, then they got to be on par in all ways, in my, in my take on that. And so we cra- you know, about a crowd of people, about five people, through what I've seen in the video, chased after him. They had him on the ground. They're beating him up. He was able to escape. He pulled his weapon from his concealed carry, and he shot off four shots. I count it. Pop, 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 pop. And I think he hit one guy. Well, they caught him, and now he's been arrested. You know, I think all these people, should, you know, should walk for, for self-defense. I mean, if I have, let me tell you something. If i got five people on me, you know, and, and I've got a gun, let me tell you something. I'm taking that gun out, and I'm defending myself. point is, is we have people who are we're killing each other i mean i know we've been but but now you know i know people have been murders and this stuff but th- this is different i think different because this is on ideological lines it's what this is on it really is and we got to find something to to bring america together and that's one of the reasons why i have our guest on tonight uh he'll be coming in in the top of the next hour he's calling him from houston texas and that is Brian Lance from the LaRouche Pack. Uh, we're going to be talking about how perhaps, you know, this is he's going to talk about it. But this is what I want to try to put together is how uh, a goods-producing economy can save America from this civil war. Okay, and I, I, no one's talking about this. It's just my idea. This is something I put out there or I'm put, putting out there. Uh, he's going to talk more about, you know, having, you know, switching from a service economy to a goods-producing economy based off of you know, science and technology, you know, working towards, you know, the space program, okay? Well, what I've – I'll even go as far as to say I've dubbed the space economy, okay? I mean, something maybe that can combat against the, you know, new – and so that, that's one of the things that we'll have uh, him on uh, at the top of the hour, and so, you know, to talk about that. 
So that you know, looking forward to having him on, having that discussion. He'll you know tell us more information uh, uh, for that. And so yeah, we'll have Brian Lansky come on, uh, you know, to, to talk about that. And again, you know, one of the things I want to bring up is you know the a creation of a space economy. Um, and so I do want to uh, bring people on. I see some folks on the line, uh, and so let me get. Uh, First, we have our good friend from Hawaii uh, calling into the show, and that is Joseph. And then, you know, of course, of course we got uh, articles we want to go uh, through, and uh, some audios we'll play before our guests get on. Um, but let's go ahead and uh, bring in Joseph. Thank you very much, Joseph, for coming to the show. How are you tonight? You're welcome. Always a pleasure to be here. Uh, yeah, you know, actually, uh, I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, back in the Civil War, you had brothers fighting against brothers on different sides, uh, on the Union side, on the Confederate side, neighbors fighting neighbors. And um, when I heard your testimonial about um, your friend that you knew for so long, um, it's just really sad. And it just goes to show you, you know who your true friends are, uh, not in the good, but in the bad and the ugly. Uh, and and I've and I've had friends over life where I thought I knew what their true colors were, but then in the in the bad and the ugly, I learned what their true colors were, and I cut my ties. So at the end of the day, um, you know, I always tell people if your friends don't accept you for who you are, the moment they know you, uh, and then they continue a friendship and pretend to be your friends. They were never your friends to begin with. The beauty of true friendship is they accept you for who you are, and they're okay with that. It doesn't matter what yeah. country you come from, what ethnicity you come from, or religion is irrelevant. Because with my friends, it's like those things don't matter to me. All that matters is our friendship, being there for each other, and the good and the bad and the ugly, having each other's back, spending quality time with each other, having good memories. Aren't those supposed to be the important qualities of not only friendship but marriage and uh, other key relationships with your coworkers or your friends? Isn't that supposed to be what matters at the end of the day? I mean, and we knew that we were on, uh, you know, opposite, you know, sides of the aisle. I mean, we knew it. I mean, he was definitely liberal, I was definitely conservative. Um, you know, so. You know, we we knew it, and we'd even have friendly debates about it, friendly discussions, you know, about it. And you know, the kind of the tall tale things that really started us to our friendship started to deteriorate is when he started jumping on that bandwagon, uh, comparing Trump, uh, Trump to Hitler. You know, because he's actually a um, one of his hobbies is studying, you know, Hitler and the Third Reich. And he was trying to convince me that, you know, the way Trump was campaigning reminded him, you know, a lot of, you know, a lot of uh, Hitler, which I start, you know, start giving me some red flags. But, you know, I thought, well, you know, it's, it, that's fine. I mean, he's, he's, you know, linking his experiences and, and, and his, you know, what he's interested in to, you know, coincide. And I think he might have been using what, you know, his knowledge uh, is about the Third Reich and, marrying it basically to what his, you know, already were about Trump and kind of married those two together. No, he's not alone. He's not the only person who's compared Trump to, to Hitler, but I think 
it was even more uh, in-depth for him because, you know, he did study the Third Reich, and I think – and he was already a liberal. So I think that, you know, he – you know, he was already kind of well on his way and kind of put two things together to make it look like, you know, that makes sense for him. You know, that, that but be that as it may, I mean, that's, that really doesn't get to my point. My point is, is that, you know, I've, I've been saying a year and four months ago that this, this country is headed to a civil war. And I think it's, it's due to all the hate. Now I've been, I put on Twitter, it's like, look, and I think it's the, the media, you know, people are like, Oh, you know, and I've said this before, and actually, if you, if anyone listened to Rush today, um, one of the things he said was kind of uh, part and parcel with what something I said a while ago. And if you recall, people, you know, were saying, you know, oh, you know, well, just just get rid of Trump, everything would be you know, more peaceful, and there would be less hate if it wasn't for Trump. And I was like, no, that's what they're trying to do. Remember what I've said this for, for people who are long-term listeners, not look back at our archives. One of these days I'm going to have to somehow make the time to take some of our old, uh, some of our old shows and, and take some of the audio clips and then play it later on in the future you know, as part of our, you know, what I call our prognostication. Because if you recall, I said you know, something you know, like that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to wear us down. To try to get us to not support, our, you know, Trump is what they're trying to do. They're trying to get us to say, like, oh my gosh, we're so tired of this stuff, you know, all the stuff going on with Trump. And I, I think I've said this was, you know, late last, you know, late last year, and and moving into the, um, it might have even been longer. Again, I'll have to look at the dates and and get the actual audio. But they're trying to weaken us down and say, well, look, if you just only, you know not vote for Trump and vote Trump out, then this stuff's not going to happen. You know, we're not going to have all this discord going on because they're trying to blame Trump. And Rush was basically saying that today, you know, is, is saying, oh, well, all the hate is because of Trump. But we were saying that a while ago, that that's what it's about. But what it is, is Absolutely. for all this hate, it's the media. It, 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 I, I think it, it does. I think there are many variables. The media does play a, a pivotal role in it, but I also do think it's also due to failed political leadership over a span of 30, 40 years that, uh, you know, led us to this precipice. If people think that this problem only started eight years ago with the Barack Obama being president or 16 years ago with George W. Bush being president, they are very wrong. This is over a period of over 40 years of uh, failure in leadership, uh, the wrong leaders making the wrong decisions, and failure of the American people to hold our leaders accountable. And so, you know, that's how we reached this precipice. Some people think we just woke up one morning and it just appeared there magically. No, it didn't. Uh, and, uh, you, know, to, you know, so yes, um, we are on the verge of a civil war. I will say this. Uh, Donald Trump needs to start getting involved because if he's going to be that law and order candidate, and I get it from a political standpoint, uh, you know, he wants to tread carefully because it is election season. But at the same time, uh, he's allowed this to go on way too long. I mean, they've been protesting now for what, over three weeks now, and it still hasn't stopped. Okay. They've still. Uh, attacking police officers that still hasn't stopped. Now they're like adding, you know, the, the, the ultimate slap in the face by tearing down statues, which, by the way, uh, in one of the states where they tore down the statues, 
one of the heads of the statue actually fell on somebody, crushed them in their in critical condition, um, and that was caught on oh, tape. You know? So it's like, yeah, I mean, come on, Trump has to. It's about time to finally come in and. You know, right now, I'm I'm going to be honest. I'm disappointed because right now he's been talking the talk, but he's not walking the walk. When will he come and, in? How long do and, we and have I've to wondered, wait? It's, it's, yeah, go ahead. And, and, I've wondered that, and I've wondered that myself, and, and here's my answer to that, Joseph. Sure. I think that I, – I think his first inclination is to like – that's why you see – I'm saying I'm going to do this, and then he doesn't. And then you're like, what, 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 what? Why didn't you do that? I think his first inclination is, man, we need we need to get in there and stop this stuff. We need to get in there and stop this stuff. There's innocent people getting affected, and this and that. And then whether he is being, uh, you know, advised to do this, or if this is something he's realized, you know, because I think he's becoming more and more political savvy as you know he's he's president because no no president at least not in modern history has been as much has been through as much as this guy has at least, you know at least get attacks from within now of course we've had other presidents modern day you know been in real wartime but no one's been attacked by members of his own uh nation <laughs> than, than he has uh, of an american I, president i would agree i would agree and and, and, and you and, couldn't have said it better modern history because what many people don't realize is Actually, the Republican Party initially did not back Abraham Lincoln when he wanted to abolish slavery. They did not back it. That's what many, what many people who haven't studied history don't know. Most Republicans were actually against him. There's this preconceived notion that the whole party was in line with him and they were all on the same page. No, they weren't. They were not on the same page in the beginning. He faced a lot of opposition within his own party similar to what Trump is facing. Trump is facing a lot of opposition within his party, and that is a problem. And that is another great challenge and obstacle that's ahead. And I'll just say one more thing before I defer back to you. Um, I have an announcement to make, ladies and gentlemen, after careful consideration and thought. I'm going to be moving out of Hawaii soon. Uh, oh, wow. I'm actually going to be moving to – yes, yes, because I decided to move to CHOP in Seattle. Uh, I heard it's a <laughs> great uh, place. Uh, it's a very festive environment. I hear they have a very uh, good economy uh, and a very good, um, you know, uh, warlord over there. So I figured, you know, why not? I guess this is the best time to go to CHOP. It seems to be the ideal utopia. And oh, guess what? And they have borders, no too. Police. They have borders. They, even, they yes. put up a border wall. Absolutely. Yes, yes. I want a place that has borders. And and by the way, I don't want any police. There's no police. I mean, they actually abandoned the precinct. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, top, uh, give it a second look. Uh, here they have some very good uh, vacation packages over there just to check out their uh, luxurious six blocks of uh, utopia there. And I'll uh, I'll defer back to you and. Um, I'm not I'm not saying it in a in a humorous way, like in a sinister way, but you know, with everything that's going on, you gotta have some some sort of sense of humor to stay to to keep your sanity. So uh, I, I hope none of the viewers took that as any disrespect or sarcasm. But I mean, with with everything lately, every time you turn on the news, it's just something worse happening. So I'm just lightening up with a little bit of. Uh, Ironic sense of humor, but no, I'm not laughing at this in a in a sinister way. No, I do pity um, the situation, 
And uh, that just shows you how out of control our country is. That literally the Seattle police was forced to abandon the precinct. What's next? This reminds me of the movie The Purge. And um, there's a movie on Netflix. It's called The Reliant. It came out last year. I watched it the other day. And it's a movie about um, looters and rioters and criminals have overtaken the United States. And the United States government has retreated. And uh, I don't want to give away the, the movie. And this family in this small town, well, they go out to um, get some supplies, and then they're ambushed. But all of this you could find in the trailer, so I'm not giving it away. And when I saw the movie, I'm like, wow. Is, this, is what, this is what's really going on in reality, in real life right now in America. Looters and rioters have overcome the police and, and the authorities, and they've taken over, and, and anarchy and chaos is reigning over. And it's like, and this movie came out in 2019. It's like, I wonder, could they have predicted this? If they did, do they have a crystal ball? We all know that's not. But yeah, that's amazing. So once again, The Reliant on Netflix, streaming. And I'll defer back to you, Robert. That's interesting. And, and, and to finish my point on, and then I've got, you know, there's other callers, push one, your number died, like to get into. I do got, an, you know, an article and we'll, um, I do have an audio. It's about 17 minutes. I don't know if I'm going to be able to get a chance to play it before uh, our guest comes in. And what it is, I mean, it's the, I'll get get to that, but I want to finish my point first, is that with, with Trump and why, yeah, I think his first inclination is to, you know, either send the troops in of some sort uh, to, you know, to quell, uh, you know, the, the violence and, the, you know, taking over of six city blocks or whatever amount of city blocks there are. And I think his first inclination, I think his first inclination is to, to make all these people open up their economies. And one of the things that I think he's holding off now, again, I don't know whether he's being advised to do this or he has become more politically savvy uh, to – you know how politics actually works, and sometimes that's sadly enough. Uh, and that is, well, uh, and I do see people getting it uh, on the number dial. I'll get uh, you into the show. We do got a, a Skype caller, and then Suzette, a Skype caller. I'll get uh, get your name a little bit. Uh, I'll get Suzette in, and the Skype caller. And while Suzette's on, I'll I'll get get your name and uh, what what state, but. But if he's becoming more politically savvy, and unfortunately this is a sad thing on on the reality of it, but maybe because pe- people are going to get hurt uh, uh, with this. Is I think what might be happening, for good or ill, is he might be just saying, yeah, you know what? Tear yourselves up. Tear yourselves up. It's, unfortunately, it's gonna, uh, there's going to be people who are going to get hurt. It's like, look, let these people reveal who they are. He's, I mean, I mean, he's he's let the media show their complete bias that we've we've known for, you know, a very long time, decades, I'd even say. But you know, Trump is now it's, it's obvious, and, and Trump's you know helped them to make that obvious, and now he's showing how the Democrats really are. You know, look look at how these blue states are acting. They're showing how they want to destroy the economy, all in the hopes of getting rid of him as president. I mean, I think more and more people are seeing that, and I think he's his thought, or again, he's or he's being advised to say, "Look, tear you guys up," because the more they tear stuff up, 
and the more people get hurt, and him be like, look, this is what I want to do, but I'm leaving it up to these people, and a lot of this stuff is happening in these blue states and blue cities. And when people start looking at it, like, what the hell is going on? We we don't want this. And you've got you know people who are independents and even some Democrats who are like, what 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 is this? You know, they don't want a civil war. They don't want to see violence in the street. They don't want to see citizens killing citizens. And they're going to say, look, these people are just letting it happen. And then one thing he just really needs to, you know, I think just do what, do what you're doing. Look, let these people tear, tear each other up, you know, and say, look, this is what I would do. I'm your law and order president, you know, but we are a republic. It is 50 states. You know, we do have, you know, counties and cities and things of that nature and, and local politicians who look, if, you know, if you're going to, you know, cut off your nose to despite your face, as this saying goes, you know, have at it. And then I'm going to come by and say, look, this is what I would have done. If you want it this way, which is a peaceful way, then you, then you know what? Not only vote for, for Trump for president, remember, you vote for these Republican representatives – you know, then you're not. You know, then we're actually going to get something. That we'll actually get something done. Because all he's got to do is keep playing while he's waiting, while these guys are letting them destroy each other. And then he's got. You know, could say, look, this is how we would do it. Show. Remember, this stuff is originating in blue states and blue cities. And you can't blame me. I've been in office for three, four years. If there's systemic racism, that didn't just happen in the past three years. That's been happening. If that's indeed been happening, that's been happening, Gates. While you have been office, Biden, you've been in office, you know, for decades, forty something years. You know, where have you been to do anything about this? Uh, Pelosi, where have you been? Schumer, where have you been? Adam Schiff, shut the hell up. Where have you been? So that's what I think he should be telling. Saying, look. Just point them out. Say they've been here for forty years. Why are they trying to hold me responsible? You know, for something that's been going on for years. Why didn't they do anything about? Why, why, why didn't they do anything about it? And now they want to blame me as if it's somehow my fault. Whatever. But again, yeah, we do have some callers on the line, and then we have Kelly on the line too. I promise we'll get you all in. Uh, we do have our guests coming in about a half an hour. Probably won't get to my audio. I want to play the full moon speech because I think it, you know, it's great to hear. And maybe later on in the show we'll we'll get to that. And I do have another article, but first, I, you know, first and foremost, we do want to get our callers in. So let's go ahead and bring in Suzette. And then while I'm on Suzette's Skype caller, I'll get your name uh, while we uh, talk to Suzette. But first, let's get her in. And let's go ahead and thank you very much, Suzette, for coming on the show. How are you tonight? I'm doing okay, Robert. <laughs> thank you for taking my call. Um, sorry You're to hear welcome. about um, your relationship, what happened with your friend there. Um, you know, people are either doubling down or they're actually seeing the light um, for what it is. There's, um, you know, for whatever reason that um, the people can't just let things go between a, a friend. It just is remarkable to me. Um they can't see the value in a, in a friendship and treating somebody like a human being and uh, and even just being civil uh, until you can get to that lower level of understanding uh, rather than just to cut people off. You know, that's just bizarre to me. But, I don't know, I might say I think um, 
Hannah Joseph had said something in one of the shows as far as technology interfering with uh, with people and human contact. You know, they'd rather be on their phones and devices and on their keyboards, you know, tap, 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 yeah. rather than um, human contact, and that affects their, their ability to be humane, I think. I don't know. I think, was that right, Joseph? You mentioned something to that effect on a previous show. I can't couldn't say when, but mm. <laughs> I thought it was you. Yes. Yes, that is correct. I did. Okay, okay. Because um, we have other callers, and I could have swore it was you, so yeah, okay. <laughs> and I think you were right. You had something there. And, and that's just too bad. I don't, I don't know what made me think about that, but um, the uh, what you had said there, other than what Robert was saying, and uh, people just email. He just sent an email saying, sorry, you know, nothing left to say. Bye. <laughs> nothing left to say. No, no face-to-face, no look at me in the eyes, no human contact. I don't know. It's just so bizarre to me. I, I You know, I'm 52 years old, and I was just brought up, look at somebody in the eyes when you're talking to them so they know you're talking directly to them or with them. Um, and now it, everything's just fine, cell phone and computer. And you can't always convey your thoughts in, in text. <laughs> People would rather text than Well, that's for sure. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, um, I'm trying to think of what else you talked about to comment before I let you go. I was, yeah, I think that was it. Oh, other than what I put in the chat room for you under um, bringing a boy about what happened with the case, but that's going to be, I guess, later you'll be discussing that. So anyway, back to you, Robert. Hello, everybody. Yeah, and here's what got here's what got in the in the chat, and then we'll bring in Joe. Uh, and then it says, uh, today the prosecutor made his case to charge the officers. When officer kicked Mr. Brooks after he shot and killed and stood over me, whatever, Brooks' shoulders after he was dead. Video shows neither officer tried to administer CPR. Is this the one in Atlanta? The one that happened at Wendy's in the parking lot? Well, I, see, I've seen a different video. It says, uh, prosecutors gave us presentation showing pics and videos demonstrating his reason to, to serve officers with warrants. They have till tomorrow by PM to turn themselves in, according to DA. The first officer on the scene is going to cooperate with police. In other words, the officer spilling the beans, I guess. So, yeah. Did you hear of – hold on, hold on, because uh, I have a question. Did, did you see the uh, – because I heard someone say that he kicked – Mr. Brooks after he shot him. Did you see the video? Yes, and I saw the picture. The, the prosecutor today had a press briefing, and in that press briefing, he went step by step of what he is charging the 11 counts for, and each one, he had a presentation of a video and a picture. They were all blown up, the picture, and of course, he had a big screen, huge TV to, in court to show the video. Um, and so you should have heard the gasps in the courtroom when I didn't even know that that had happened. It's just coming out now. They had reviewed seven videos, and these are the pictures and video that they had come up with to use to charge these officers with, and that's what they presented today. Okay. Now, I've seen, now I've seen a video where, you know, it was moving around a lot, but it sounded like that he was actually going, he was giving CPR, you know, telling him to keep breathing. Or something like that. I thought it, that, that was there a video on that. They didn't show Robert. that video. 
Well, of course they won't see it in the video. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah. And, uh, it's it, it's on YouTube, but there is one. Yeah, there there is one. I did see it. I know it's one you're talking about, but it's, there, it's they're not video airing it on TV. Yeah, there is, but they're not airing it on TV because that's not the narrative they want to push. Instead, they're focusing on the uh, the shooting of the guy who obviously was attacking the officers with the taser. But um, I just wanted to just add that part in. But yes, it's on YouTube if you want to see it. Wait, I, I tell you what. Here's the thing. The video. Now, I didn't see the part where he kicked him. Okay. I didn't, you know, and, and I would have to, I would have to see that for myself. And even, even that, I don't know. I would have to really look at it because I seen the video. Now I'm not saying it's true, and I don't, uh, you know, but I seen a video the other day and I found it quite interesting. And um, you know, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I actually shy away from any conspiracy theory stuff. But I did find an interesting video that was that had the. It wasn't even an interesting video that somebody made. I went back and actually watched an original video that I watched before where you have George Floyd walking through the street. Watch the video again. Walking through the streets with the cops, right? And they put him in they, – they, he's sitting against a wall. Look at his head. His head appears to have stubbles of hair on his head. Okay? Then when you look at the video – of him on the ground. Okay, actually, do it now. Let's do an exercise here. Let's do a fun exercise. Everyone, if you have internet access and you're watching or listening to the show now, whether it's live or whether it is, uh, you know, on the archive, pull up the video. And I could be wrong. Maybe it's my eyes. Maybe it's the light on my, my video. Maybe it's the light there. Maybe it's something. But it was weird. And I'm not saying, you know, what the person was saying was true, it's conspiracy or this, that, but it was weird that when they hit him against the, uh, you know, he was sitting against the wall, he had stubble hair. But when he's on the ground and the guy and the, uh, and the, and the cop had his knee on his neck, the guy looked like completely bald, like no hair at all, like a shaven head. It was weird. Again, could have been lighting, could have been angle. Could have been, I don't know. And again, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. Shy away from those. But when someone put that on Twitter, and I, lo- I watched them, like, I didn't want, I watched their video, and then I watched the one that I originally looked at when I was looking at the video of what happened. And I'm like, hey, wait a minute. It does look like he's got hair, because they pointed it out in their video. Look, look at the hair. He had hair on this part of the video, but why didn't he have hair on the other part of the video? And so I watched it, and I was kind of you know, paying attention to it as best I could. Now, it was only on my laptop, so the screen wasn't big, so maybe it wasn't showing as well. Uh, but it, it was odd. Why, if, you know, why, is anyone on now? Is, is anyone on this call on now? Does anyone else look that up while we're on the line? Suzette or, jo- or Joseph? We're looking it up right now as we speak. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, watch the video. The one I looked at is like a – a 20-minute video or 21-minute video or something, and watch as they're they're sitting, you know, putting him up against, you know, sitting him against the wall, and he's and he, it looks like he's got stubble. I mean, look how dark his head is. It looks like there's hair stubble. And then if you want to fast forward to go or go to where he's on the ground, he looks completely bald.
which I which I find you know what what I find odd. While you guys are looking at that, I'm going to bring Joe in. Um, again, that's just something I you know seen, and then that's why I want to see these things about these the cops supposedly kicking him. I heard that, but here's the thing: let's say they did kick him. I don't know, and frankly, I'm getting to the point where I don't care. You don't fight with police. If you don't fight with police, you're not going to get in trouble. You're not going to get you're not going to get tasered. They, I mean. They, it was an amicable conversation. They didn't get smart with them. It, was, it wasn't until they tried to put the cuffs on him, the guy freaked out, and then he resisted arrest. Now, I can't even go to the point where I can understand when they're like, look, stop. Stop fighting or we're going to taser you. Stop or we're going to fight we're going to taser you. I get, hey, if someone says they're going to taser you, you're going to reach out and try to grab the taser so that they don't taser you. I can even justify that. Yeah, if someone's going to taser me, I'd try to get that away from me, sure. I might even try to pull it away and grab it and, 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 you know, pull it away and keep them from having it. Hell, I might even take it and run away with it. But what I wouldn't do is I wouldn't turn around and aim it at the cop and shoot it at him. The guy turned around, the guy in Atlanta turned around, aimed it at the cop, the officer, and he shot it at him. He fired it at him. I'm telling you what, if someone's going to fire a taser at me, and I'm, a, you know, that, I'm telling you, I couldn't be a cop, you know, and I tell you what, my, my daughter's boyfriend is in the police academy right now, and I tell you what, I, I told her, I said, talk them into being a park ranger, <laughs> you know, and I'm like, you, I mean, seriously, and then, if you're, I, mean, here, I mean, here's what people aren't talking about, if that taser would have got that officer in the eye, that could kill them. Let's say it just stunned him. Who's not to say that, that, you know, that guy wouldn't run back, grab the officer's gun, and shoot his partner? And let me tell you something. If someone's going to shoot his taser at me, I know I'm not trained as a police. And, yes, maybe we should have police be better trained to handle the stresses of getting shot at. Okay? <clears throat> then let me tell you something. If someone's going to shoot a, a weapon at me, I don't care if it's a gun or whatever, that's going to piss me off. You know what I mean? That's going to piss me off. I, in my view, and I don't care what people – I mean, I, I kind of care, but my thing is, is look, if he's going to sh- shoot an officer and he gets shot and then they're so pissed off because you had the audacity to shoot at me and he might nudge him or kick him with his foot, fr- frankly, I have no problem with that. And, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have a problem with that because it's like, look, you fired a deadly weapon at an officer. What the hell do you expect? Seriously. I mean, you, you – where the thing that's the thing we're losing in this country is where are people sent of uh, Green Beasley? America was founded on a principle of domination and lies. How can we correct that? Okay, Green Beasley. I don't know uh, if you want to call in. You may be the other caller on area code eight three two eight three two. We will get into the show. Um, we got our guest coming on in fifteen minutes. We can we certainly get back to this. We're going to have a special edition of the program that Kelly's going to probably bring up probably next Friday. Well, we're going to be covering a lot of this stuff. But Green Beastly, here's the thing. America wasn't – and if you want to call in at 347-945-7428, we can maybe have this conversation. Again, we have a guest coming on, uh, coming in on at 9 o'clock. But, you know, folks okay. – no, I'm not saying it's not a valid question. It is a valid – Green Beasley, it is a valid question. And I would like to take time to answer that. I'm not, I'm not discounting that. It certainly is a valid question, you know, and – you could either 
we can try to have the discussion on chat, or you're, you're welcome to call in, and we can have the uh, the conversation. Again, we we do have a a guest coming on about 15 minutes, and he's going to be on for an hour. But then we have another hour after that in, in the show. Uh, but I, I'm going to contest where we had a uh, oh, we just missed Joe. Is this going to get him in? Oh, there he is. Okay, so um, I think that's Joe. I'm risk risk it by doing that, but. <clears throat> Excuse me, but anyway, let's, while you guys are looking that up, let's go ahead and bring in Joe. Um, so let me get. I'm opening up his mic. Is that you, Joe? Did you were you able to call back in, or this is a Skype caller? Is this Joe? Okay, I would have to say no. Uh, just push the one on your number dial if you'd like to call back in. Maybe Joe will be able to call back. Um, you know, we'll we'll see. Maybe another call came out. Uh, so let's go ahead and now, real quick, before I bring Kelly in, uh, do you have? Uh, did you guys get an opportunity, either Joseph or uh, or Suzette, to look at that video? I did. It's on YouTube. Okay. So, I mean, did did you see it's, anything like that, or am I just seeing things? No, I did see it. It's actually in a four-minute and 19 video that uh, comes from uh, channel uh, 11, alive, 27-year-old Richard Brooks of Atlanta was killed in a shooting by two Atlanta Police Department officers. Uh, I'm trying to see. No, it's, the, it's a local I'm music. I'm in the George, George Floor video. About what the hair I was, I was saying that was got found kind of weird. Oh, that's the video I was okay. talking about. Got it, got it. Okay, so let me. But yeah, I'll, me, I'll, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll have to look at that one too. But I'll look at that one. Okay. Uh, I'm Suzette, gonna research it for you right now. Okay, thank you. So, Suzette, did you look up the one for George Floyd? I'm looking. I, I think I found it. But it's not a 20-minute video. The 20-minute video, or around there, 18, 19, 20, in there, um, there aren't any. I've been scrolling, 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 and they've like taken them down to like seven minutes, two minutes. Uh, but I, I know which one you're talking about uh, when they had them on the wall um, initially. And um, okay, uh, and the car door opened and all that. They were sitting them on the wall, except they blurred out their faces. And they had an officer walk over there to watch them. Yeah, yeah, that's where he's, he's against the wall, and it, it looks like he's got hair, early stubbles of it. Mm-hmm. So you can see that, the black on the hair. Now go to a video where he has, where he's down, I mean, I know you can find this one, that, this is everywhere. But go to the video where he's, where the officer has his knee on his neck. Okay. Yeah, that one is everywhere. <laughs> All right. Yeah, that one you'll find easy. And let me know. If, let me tell me if that guy looks uh, completely bald, like no stubble on his head at all. Yeah, he's bald. He looks bald. Yeah. There's a little bit of shine to his head, so yeah, it's bald. There wouldn't be so much shine. So, where's his hair? Did they shave his head as they try to get him into the car? Uh, Suzette, I, uh, I find it. Robert, I, I find also it pulled weird. up another video. I see it right here, too. It's on Inside Edition. It's uh, actually a two-minute video, and, yeah, it kind of looks like he just has little, barely any hair strands. It's not completely... Yeah, he's got, like, stubble. Yeah, he's got stubble. L- little bit. Black it's kind of hard to see, but it looks like there's something on there, a little bit, but, yes. 
Yes, not a lot. It's not like it's like someone who normally might shave their head, but they didn't. That they didn't for a few days or so. But it looked like there was there was some hair there. But you look at but you look at the uh, the guy on the ground. His he looked bald. Again, I'm not being trying to promote some kind of conspiracy or something. It's just I find it interesting. Yeah, definitely. Which um, it's like, almost two different things. Oh my goodness. Okay. And look at their face. Uh, I mean, does their face even look like it? I mean, does it even look like the same person's face? I never mentioned no. the face, but I thought you said something about the face. No, it's, his chin is more pointy and coming out on the guy that's on the ground with the bald head. Bald head. The and other the guy other had hair. His chin. He's got pointy chin, the one, the guy on the ground. George Floyd has more of a yeah. square chin. You can see it all over the, his murals and things that they painted. It's a square chin that they painted. But this guy on the ground with the knee on his neck has a pointy chin, and it comes out. Could you imagine how much I would blow up if that if that's actually true? <laughs> oh my God! Could you imagine? Could you imagine if somehow someone's able to prove that? Oh my God! You know it'll be debunked from here to Kingdom Come, but uh, you know people are like, oh no way, no way. There's no way. Blah blah blah. That was you know something, 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 something. They're not. No one's ever. No one higher up is ever going to admit it. Too much stuff has happened since then. But I would love for something mm-hmm. like that to go viral because it's like, hey, wait a minute, what's what's going on here? And let's let's tell you something because there's a lot of times I think we're being played. I, I, you know, sometimes I think we're being played, folks. I really do. Sometimes I think that. But um, but anyway, I I do find that interesting, and and, and uh, hopefully other people look that. But let's go ahead and our guest's going to come in in ten minutes. Um. And and Green Be- uh Green Beasley, you know, like I'd, I'd really like to be able to get to your your your, your question there. Uh, if you uh you know again you could chime in. Uh, the question was you know statement was America was founded on principle of domination and lies. Gush and, and I'm gonna bring Kelly in because I want to get him in before the, our guest, and then perhaps we can uh, discuss that later on you know in the show after our guest leaves. But because uh, I definitely have some dis- disagreements there, so it's a valid question. I I agree, it is a valid question. Um, and it says most are it says most are but second or third generation immigrants. Okay, I don't really know what that's what that's about. If you want to clarify that in chat, we can bring that up later. Uh, now, you know how we you know can correct everything is you know. Police officers, nobody, and, and no nation is perfect. You know, I don't know if it's ba- you know if we're, if we're based on domination. Remember, one of the things that always struck me uh, interesting is that you know, especially you know those those shawls or stoles or stall or whatever they're called that the, the those Democrats wore. Does anyone did anyone know that's actually the symbol of one of the uh, African uh, nations that sold slaves back then? It was like. Now it's their, they were part of the Gold Coast or something. They like they're the ones who sold the slaves basically, and they were black selling other blacks. And they were wearing they didn't do I guess they did do a very good history check for deciding which one of those things to wear during their their photo op. But yes, right. what I've what I've seen is yeah those are actually uh, the symbols on there of you know, like slave traders. <laughs> the Ashante tribe specifically, Ashante, and they were yeah. slave traders. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
so I find that I find that odd. And uh, you know that they, they would choose uh, they, they would choose those uh, to uh, for, for their for, for their photo op. They they weren't doing much thinking there. But let's go ahead and, and bring in Kelly. Cause our, our guest is coming in, and if anyone you know if you do want to call in. Um, Unless you're already the Skype caller there, Greens Beasley, uh, 347-945-7428. Hopefully we'll get Joe back in. Uh, I know sometimes he has to fade in and out or come in and out uh, when he calls in. I, I do see one Skype caller, but I don't think that's him. Uh, but Skype callers, if you want to, um, go ahead and chime in. Does most of the people in the United States are immigrants of recent wars or conflicts? Uh, I wouldn't say now. I would say most of the people who are here now, there, there was a time when that, that you know, that was. It, it, that, that's why when people are like, do we even need? When when people tell, and I'm going to say this real quick, and I'm going to bring Kelly in. My take is, is we don't we don't need. I'm frankly, I don't, we don't need immigrants anymore. We really don't. If we can sustain our own population, and that's the reason why both Democrats and Republicans really aren't doing anything, because the indigenous population here. Uh, are not procreating to the point where we are uh, bringing in our own children at a replacement rate to keep our population steady or growing. So they have to allow this influx of uh, illegal immigration. Perhaps if they make things better for you know the citizens who are already here, and not make it where you have to have you know two three incomes in order to survive, then maybe uh, well, maybe not even survive, but at least thrive. And that's what America is about. Not just surviving, but thriving, right? Uh, then you know perhaps we wouldn't have to you know rely on that to keep a, a population steady because frankly the people here aren't uh, pro, uh, procreating enough to again to uh, do the replacement rate to take care of the replacement rate. But let's go ahead. I've talked enough. Let's go ahead and uh, get Kelly in. Uh, thank you very much, Kelly, for coming to the show. How are you tonight? Hey, I'm doing good. I'm really appreciating the peace of living in a small town. Um, I want to get to that, but first. Uh, oh yeah, I've I live, heard in, about I live in a township, and I'm so happy about that. I'll ne- I, I will never live in a big city again. Go ahead. Oh, good for you. Yeah, a lot of peace here. But before that, I I've heard the George Floyd situation was a hoax. I'm like, okay, well, let's look up some videos. This could be true. Maybe it's not. I couldn't find I couldn't find that video. Maybe Suzette could send it to me by email. So, but just watch any regular town, video. Yeah, just 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 watch any video. Don't even have to be the one that they're touting is the, pointing out the conspiracy. I did. I just went to the same video that I always went to, and I never paid attention to it. I just watched it. Like, oh yeah, they got him against the wall. Oh wait a minute. Hey, now there's the guy's knees on him. I never paid attention to the guy's hair until the, someone pointed that out on Twitter. And I'm like, and I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna watch that again. Same video. Same video I watched. You know, before even seeing that, so it wasn't one. That, you know, that post that was for what they were trying to tout. It's the same video I went to the the last time, and I'm like, but I actually paid attention that time. And then I was looking, I was like, hey, <laughs> what's going on? But go ahead, Kelly. Yeah, yeah. Well, what I was hearing from people is notice the license plates. That's just not state-issued license plates. And the whole street was, there wasn't many people on the street at all, all sorts of things, you know, eight minutes, 45 seconds. You know, it's okay to create a little suspicion, but I, I couldn't – I haven't dug into it to, to really comment, but maybe Suzette can send me an email, or well, I'll just look up something. Anyway, um, but yeah, the piece of living in a small town. Um, uh, some things happened today. Well, I'm a little late. I went to – I decided to go to Wednesday night church. It's a small building, a dozen people there, 
and it, this is kind of amusing, but the pastor was talking about, you know, um, church is a family, and I want to discuss ologies, like theology and eschatology and ecclesiastiology. And, yeah, we're a family. And I'm like, sorry, raise my hand. And he knows I joke around in church. And I said, so we should learn a bunch. So we're a family, and we should learn a bunch of ologies. He says, yeah. Well, then maybe we should learn also about zoology. <laughs> and real laugh. quick, Kelly, yeah, I, I, I do see our guest uh, has called uh, – is in the caller. Uh, I, I'll bring him in in a couple minutes, uh, whether uh, – but if you want to chime in earlier, push the one on the number dial, Brian, and we'll get you into the show. If not, I'll be bringing him in in a couple minutes. But go ahead, Kelly. Yeah, so anyway um, – but this tar this this town small seventy five hundred people's got a heart trying to get somebody that had uh, brain injury he couldn't tell the difference between the dream world and the real world at times I quickly raised three hundred fifty bucks to uh, get him a ride back to his mother's and I ended up I dropped him off today we gathered his stuff for the ride and I ran into Officer Doherty Doherty is his name YPD Wairika Police Department and I was talking to him before he knows me I know him and uh, around here. There's so much praise for our local police because they, they talk to people. They spend time talking to people. In church, the Officer Smith's wife was in church tonight. I'm like, oh, you know, and I heard Mr. Smith is, is shoveling people's lawn or snow in the winter when things are slow in YPD. And it's just wonderful when, you know, people in the community get to know and talk with the, with the, the police. And um, so it's just some really nice features of, of a small town. It's peaceful. I know in big cities, people are probably scared, and it becomes an us-versus-them mentality. And, and, and obviously, that's very concerning because when you have fears and insecurities, people act differently than they normally would. And you could have a situation – I did see the video about the Atlanta shooting. I'm like, oh, my gosh, that's terrible. Um, and so you know, one thing I've been working on is proposed legislation. I call it the King Grand Jury where their sole focus is to investigate uh, – the murder of law enforcement because people people not happy with law enforcement investigating murder by law enforcement. Okay, well, how about we do this with citizens? And they at the end, this is my dream role of legislation, where the grand jury has a town hall meeting and explains why they indicted the officer or why they didn't, and the public can ask questions back and forth. When you have a third party like this, it can produce an awful lot of peace. It really can, and if Ferguson, had they done that, where the grand jury explained in a town hall meeting and took questions and answers, I don't think there would have been any riots or, or buildings burned. There might have been a few, but not as many as there were. So we need a third party to investigate um, when a murder occurs by law enforcement, and their job is very hard, and they are trained to make split-second decisions. Um, I, I got a friend who was a sheriff's deputy. He explained to me an awful lot of things. So hopefully we'll get uh, my dream world. We'll have a special edition where we have uh, a couple black friends and law enforcement to understand. It'll bring forth a lot of uh, understanding in a, in a, a roundtable discussion um, because the cops have a very hard job, and without them we would not have civil order. Uh, there's a lot of signs up in the small town called the Thin Blue Line. Now, if you've heard of it, it's basically the, the, the police and the sheriff's law enforcement is a thin blue line between uh, peace and chaos, which we're seeing up in Seattle. And, and Kelly, got to um, wrap that up because I do, go, I do want to get our guests in, so go ahead. 
yeah, so I'm, I'm looking forward to putting uh, some people together so we have a, a discussion understanding both, all perspectives. Uh, so back to you. Yeah, thank you very much, Kelly. Yeah, and we're we're going to do a. We'll probably. It sounds like uh, just by talking to you, Kelly, we're going to have to do a a special Friday night edition uh, with that. So it's a good thing it's not uh, high school football season because that would open me up to <laughs> be able to do that. Um, so let's go ahead and uh, get our guest on, and that's uh, Brian Lance. Uh, he is the author. Uh, of the LaRouche PAC's recent proposal for the creation of a national space CCC program, which we'll talk more about what exactly that is. Um, he is an undergraduate studies economics at University of Washington. Uh, he worked as a researcher and policy activist and writer. And for over 40 years, Brian has been an important voice in the national and international dialogue on economic policy, and noted for an in-depth knowledge of political economy in the U.S. decision-making. So let's go ahead. There's a lot more. I wish I had a, more room to, to go over everything that he's worked on. Perhaps he'll touch more on that. But let's go ahead and welcome our guest tonight, uh, Brian. Thank you very much, Brian, for coming to the yeah, show. How are you tonight? Good. Good to be on, Robert. Thank you very much. Good to be here. Oh, you're welcome. It's great to have you on. Uh, talk about one of my uh, my greatest passions. <laughs> That's the, uh, the the space program and how it can literally, uh-huh. you know, benefit, uh, you know, not just us as individuals, but but the nation. And actually, you know, our title of our show tonight, uh, you know, is you know how a goods producing economy can save America from this civil war. Uh-huh. And I do believe we are on the we're kind of on the brink or, or kind of in there. Not quite the civil war we see. You know, of course, uh, the American Civil War. But I, I tell you what, we have citizens killing citizens. We definitely need to have something that's going to actually uh, be non-ideological and something that can actually bring us together as a nation. And, and one thing I tweeted out yes. the other day is, yes. you know, when America looks to the stars, we're no longer looking, you know, down on us. And if everyone's looking up to them, you know, to the stars, then you know we can realize, you know, we are humans. We're not, we're not our our tribal. Uh, identities we're actually we're all humans we're all human beings and if we work together as human beings you know you know we're all mankind as we know the uh the quote yes that perhaps we can you know mm-hmm. work together and, and and then this interfight we've got going on yes well yes the the um concept of a of a, a space ccc that's of course as you know, Robert, a reference to the Civilian Conservation Corps that existed, that was put together uh, uh, by the Roosevelt presidency, uh, but with broad support on, on both sides, sides of the aisle uh, in 1933 um, and continued up until uh, 1942, um, I believe. Uh, it's actually, some of it's still on the books legally. Um, and, of course, we've had little... Um, We've had smaller programs, uh, Peace Corps, uh, VISTA, um, and uh, uh, others that have come along since that kind of pick up on, on the idea in a small way. But the idea of a, a space CCC is exactly because we've got to lift ourselves up. We've got to lift everybody up. Um, we've, we've got to jumpstart the, the real productive economy of the United States again. I mean, this has been on everybody's minds particularly when we ran into all the shortages, you know, in terms of PPE, uh, protective uh, equipment and so forth, personal protective equipment, ventilators and all this in the, in the, in the, in the fight against COVID-19. 
Um, and we, we, uh, we were scrambling. You know, it wasn't there. Uh, we didn't have what we needed. Um, uh, you know, I think we've done an excellent job um, in, 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 in transforming uh, physical plant and equipment, you know, uh, uh, Ford, General Motors, uh, Honeywell, uh, other companies, small companies like Aeron down in Florida, a tiny little company that produced ventilators. Uh, they, they came up with the uh, model that uh, uh, Ford has been producing. Um, uh, you know, all kinds of contributions, and it shows that the, the potential is there, the creative spark is there. And uh, to, to open up the U.S. economy, we've got to think big. Uh, the the uh, service jobs that were there before, they're not all going to be coming back. I think people have a sense of that. Um, it wasn't, uh, you know, it, it may be, uh, it may be um, um, uh, controversial, but, uh, you know, uh, let me just say, I mean, a, a service economy is, is, not a, is not a healthy economy. It's not going to function. It didn't function actually before. Um, uh, we were dependent on, you know, uh, imports for everything. Um, we, uh, we produced very little, relatively very little. Uh, our, our, our manufacturing workforce had, had shrunk tremendously uh, through the process of financialization of the economy, uh, where everything, if it could be done cheaper overseas, hey, why not ditch it here and go over there, you know? Who cares about the aftermath uh, that's left so oh, much of the country? competitive advantage. <laughs> yeah, yes, yes. Yeah, break in whenever you want. Um, uh, so, um, so th- this is the point. With President Trump, um, in the in these weeks uh, and months leading up to the presidential election, where we want to put front and center a program for reviving the U.S. economy and creating 50 million productive jobs, we've got you know we've got about 50 million people that are unemployed or underemployed, uh, working at non-productive part-time jobs, flipping hamburgers, tattoo parlors, you name it. Um, uh, but we're out to create 50 million productive jobs, which also means they pay better as well, um, uh, to to transform the U.S. economy. Not not you know not in a blink of an eye, but over a relatively short period of time, carry out a peacetime economic mobilization. And the space CCC idea and space, the question of a, a space economy, as you call it the other day when we were talking, uh, Robert. Um, is that you, you, for an economy to grow, any economy to grow, you've got to have a science driver. Uh, you know, during World War II, you could say it was the Manhattan Project and related uh, uh, programs like that that were on the cutting edge of, of human knowledge. Uh, Kennedy launched the moonshot, uh, and this was, uh, this was a science driver. As you know, we know um, um, this very conversation that we're having right now um, I'm on a cell phone. I don't know what you are. You probably are as well. But, you know, uh, most of the technology we have today was a byproduct of, uh, of that moonshot that occurred back in the 1960s, um, uh, 50 years ago, more than 50, 60 years ago almost. So, um, uh, so the science driver today is Project Artemis. Uh, if that can be filled out, and it needs to be filled out. Uh, uh, as you mentioned yesterday, uh, a lot of people d- are, don't know this program. In, um, 
last year, early last year, Project Artemis was uh, launched uh, by NASA um, at the direction of President Trump. Uh, Artemis is the uh, uh, twin of Apollo um, uh, in, in Greek mythology, and, uh, and she's on the moon. And um, so we had, uh, we had uh, uh, the Apollo missions, and so the idea is Project Artemis. Uh, and it is to put uh, a man and a woman on the moon by 2024. Uh, that was five years from uh, when the program was announced. Uh, and the uh, SpaceX uh, uh, shot to the ISS that succeeded a couple weeks, part of the buildup for this program. Uh, and then to, to make a sustained presence on the moon by uh, 2027 and then move on to Mars while you continue to develop and colonize the moon, move on to Mars in the 2030s. So you're really talking about, you know, building out a, um, a uh, interplanetary uh, infrastructure platform. Uh, but where you build it largely is right here on Earth. Um, the productivity that's going to be developed is going to be built right here on Earth. The spin-offs are going to be uh, felt right here on Earth. Uh, at the same time that we push the envelope uh, and uh, discover new laws of the universe, because we don't know what's out there. We don't, you know, we're just beginning to figure things out. Um, uh, and so uh, uh, this is going to have enormous implications. Um, and I would just add um, that the um, rest of the world is doing the same. Uh, this year, the United Arab Emirates launching on a um, Japanese rocket uh, are going to Mars, not a manned mission, but with a, uh, you know, with a, uh, um, uh, with a um, um, orbiting um, uh, station, uh, which will be uh, used for research and so forth, unmanned. Um, uh, China is going to uh, Mars this year. The United States is going to Mars uh, in about a month, almost just a month from now. Uh, uh, with a lander and a rover. Um, and then the Euro uh, European Union and Russia is going in the next year or two, uh, probably in two years given the window of opportunity between the Earth and Mars. And uh, I'm leaving somebody else out. India. India is the other country that's going again to Mars. All of these are unmanned, but this is, again, this is, you know, virtually <laughs> you could say the whole world, if you think about the populations involved, uh, that are that are are going out uh, in a in this uh, wide ranging investigative exploratory uh, mission um, to uh, to Mars, and then you have similar programs on the way to the Moon. So we've got to step up to the plate here uh, and make sure that Project Artemis succeeds not only in getting to the Moon but on to to Mars. But we've got to. Uh, in the meantime, we've got to completely overhaul and upgrade our entire workforce and productive capacity. Uh, and uh, uh, Space CCC is about taking young men and women, those uh, coming out of high school right now with their uh, degrees and GEDs, but also a second program for, for basically taking young men and women off the street, you know, those that have been left off, pushed to the side, kicked to the curb, and bring them into a CCC program of campuses around the country 
uh, and bring them into this infrastructure building program in terms of energy, uh, high-speed rail, uh, um, uh, waterworks, all kinds of projects that have to be done here in a major way as part of upgrading our whole productive potential. Uh, and, and then those coming out of high school with, with their degrees and GEDs, uh, supporting them and getting them into uh, absolutely cutting-edge programs in engineering, in machine, uh, as machinists, welders, electricians, uh, high-tech, not, not low-tech, high-tech, the high-tech end of it as an aerospace industry to train up the skilled workforce that we need starting yesterday. Uh, we've got a massive labor shortage right now, even, even as we're talking in this COVID shutdown. We have a massive labor shortage, and so there's so much to do. Uh, and everything that we're doing will pay for itself in terms of the, you know, the productive outcome. So that's my, that's my best shot I can give in terms of an opening here, Robert, um, and we can uh, kick it around and go in other directions as well. Well, one of the things that that comes to mind, you know, during your conversation here is, you know, a lot of people, you know, have to be, you know, made aware, you know, because they just they don't know because the news is so inundated. I mean, I mean, it seems like yeah. you get a topic yeah. first, you know, whether it's the impeachment or whether it's COVID or whether it's, you know, the 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 protesters and rioting, looting, and now it's the, you know, the the, the police, you know, shooting and people shooting at the police in this new civil war that I say that I, I you know, I truly believe that we're, we're in. Uh, again, not to the same scale as, you know, what we've seen in the, the great American civil war, but, but I think, I think we're so, but and it, 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 these topics always, you know, that they consume, I mean, almost the entire 24, I mean, people used to make fun of in a way, you know, the 24 hour news cycle and how hard it was to fill up a 24-hour news cycle so you would have, you know, just stories that really weren't news, you know, in the 24-hour news cycle. But now you have it where you have one topic, and it covers the entire 24-hour cycle. I mean, as you stated earlier, Brian, is just a few weeks ago, there was a very historic event in America. You had the, you know, it's been nine years since the United States had – American astronauts launched from American soil using American rockets from here. What a lot of people don't, because you don't talk, it's not talked about a lot, when people are saying, oh, my gosh, Russia is our biggest enemy. we got to watch out for Russia without even knowing that the way that our astronauts have been going to the International Space Station is through the Russians. And right now yes. you have people who are Russians and Americans together on the International Space Station. But listening to a lot of our politicians, you wouldn't know that. Listening to our, quote, yes. American yes. media, you wouldn't know that. Be more aware, so how can we get this out to the media to show them, like, look, this is, you know, this can benefit you and this is going to benefit the economy. One of the questions that, you know, I've, I've had, and you've heard me ask it on the conference calls, is that how can we get this out to the public? We need someone like Trump to bring during a, a – you know, a national event, you know, such as a State of the Union or something like that. Talk about, you know, maybe a, you know, a great, you know, space economy, maybe even one that can take over the, you know, the talk of the, the, the Green New Deal, right? You know, yeah. they had the Green New yeah. Deal, and yeah. remember when Obama mm-hmm. was in, he talked about, you know, a green economy is what yeah. Obama well, we, talked we, about. And, and, we, we, we 
out to the um, to the before COVID nineteen hit. We we took this out to the various rallies that uh, Trump was holding. Uh, took this material out, uh, and uh, we've got a whole youth movement that's uh, been spearheading this now. And uh, uh, and so uh, uh, so we were getting a, a tremendous response uh, at these rallies. Uh, our our report on this uh, on the uh, uh, you know how to open up the the U.S. and world economy uh, is available for free on our website, and I encourage everybody to go to. LaRouche Pack, LaRouchePAC.com. LaRouche is uh, L-A-R-O-U-C-H-E. So LaRouchePAC.com. And uh, you can just scroll down. Right now it's about eight eight items down is the, the report itself. And you can uh, download it. You can print it out, whatever. It's free. Um, it's seven chapters. Um, and uh, the Space CC is the sixth chapter. But it, it takes you through. Uh, the whole question of economics, so that we want to engage people in taking this out to their congressmen, their state legislatures, their ministers, their union leaders. Uh, we just had a day of action today. We, uh, uh, young men and women around the United States, but also in other parts of the world, including Africa, where, where we have uh, uh, independent chapters now being created uh, through what's called the Schiller Institute. Uh, they were uh, taking this report and the concepts of it, and they were calling up in this country, in the United States, in places like Los Angeles and New York and out of Detroit, calling up uh, union leaders, you know, and talking to them about this program, you know, and saying, let's get behind this program. You need to get behind this program. And, you know, it makes so much difference, you know, uh, a 50-year-old uh, union leader getting a call from somebody, you know, that's 18, 20 years old. Uh, you know, it, it's entirely different. Uh, it, it's the future speaking to you. You know, this 20-year-old is the future, and 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 that the future is asking you, what are you going to do now? The future with me. Um, so, um, so th- these are some of the the means. But uh, the, the the point is, be fruitful and multiply. Here, uh, Trump is open. Trump in his State of the Union. Trump in his uh, messages at many of the rallies brings up project artemis and going to the moon and has brought and he was there at space when this as you probably know robert he was there when yeah. space launched in florida pence. yeah go ahead i'm sorry i just said him and pence were there yeah yes and uh and so uh you know and he spoke there and made a speech in fact he addressed uh um i think rather remarkably um the George Floyd situation right then and there, which was, you know, that all ha- was happening more or less simultaneous. Uh, you know, he addressed it from the standpoint, from the highest standpoint. And um, I would just add, look, I mean, so much of the, the problem, um, uh, the, 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 the issues of poverty uh, included in particular, that African-Americans face today around the country is the result of the shutdown of, of the U.S. Uh, manufacturing industry all across the country, as, as you probably know. Um, uh, you know, uh, whether you're talking about Camden or Detroit or wherever, uh, Oakland, California, um, these were all former industrial areas, uh, which, um, you know, some of it back uh, after World War II, but much, much more of it, you know, in the 1970s and uh, even more in the 80s, we're shutting down Youngstown, Ohio, and so forth. We're, we're just uh, decimated. 
um, uh, without sourcing, so-called, and all the rest. And, um, and African Americans in particular paid the price. They were left behind uh, in these uh, uh, urban settings where formerly they were industrially, uh, productively employed workers. So what we're talking about here is, look, we're talking, not just talking about, this is what we need to do as a country. We've got to triple our manufacturing base. We've got about 13 million manufacturing workers in this country. Five million of them are laid off roughly right now because of COVID-19. But taking that 13 million figure, we've got to triple that uh, to get back the supply chains, to get back the productive potential of the country. And, and we can do that. And it'll pay for, like I said, it'll pay for itself in terms of the uh, resulting productivity. We can organize the credits, federal credits, for that to happen. Um, so there's reason for optimism. I think the most important thing is, is uh, going back to your question a moment ago, is to people just got to inoculate themselves against the, the media pessimism. It's not what the media is saying. It's what you are doing. What are you doing to organize your neighbors uh, and, and coworkers and family uh, to, to uh, launch the United States into a near, new era of productivity uh, and, a, and a new era in space? Yeah, and how can we, uh, you know, build this new, you know, you know, this new economy? What I like to call the, you know, a space economy. I mean, how can we get that, you know, actually get it started, you know, and get it out to the public that this is what we're working towards? Now, you know, politicians. I mean, because people listen to them all the time. I mean, I think that would be, including the president, would be a great place to start because I know when they were talking about the, the Green New Deal, you had, of course, all your, you know, liberal Democrats like AOC and that really touting it. And then you also, mm-hmm. you know, another Democrat. But then also, uh, you, you know, when you had Obama talk about, you know, well, we're going to do a, a green economy. And he was putting, you know, as you stated, towards that. Uh, I mean, how can we get to that point where that, you know, we, we could get that message out? I think messaging is going to be really important uh, before we can start any of this. Well, I think, uh, I think all, that's going to be important. Well, I think um... – I mean, first of all, President Trump has already announced this program. He's already uh, uh, right. working through Congress and so forth for additional funding and so forth. Um, so, uh, but the, we've got to create the opportunity for him to do even more, you know, by offering mm-hmm. him the opportunity, by offering him the options. Um, and I think uh, we were just very inter- instrumental. I'm kind of changing subjects here, but farmers. Uh, farmers have been have been are you know they're they're killing their their livestock, euthanizing their livestock, uh, um, uh, plowing under their crops and so forth, uh, because there's no market for their products because COVID is is shutting down uh, meat packing plants and so forth. Right. And the demand is shrunk and all the rest. Uh, well, on the other side of the world, we've got starving people, millions of them again in in Africa right now. Uh, facing uh, starvation, um, you know that shouldn't be happening. But we we organize farm leaders uh, from around the United States. Um, we did a series of uh, Zoom uh, casts, uh, Zoom shows on this as national uh, conferences. Um, a number of them ended up at the White House uh, in a uh, conference with uh, President Trump. This was now roughly two three months ago. And now, just uh, the other day, the Department of Justice uh, uh, made public that they've begun an official investigation 
into the meatpacking plants and these big cartels that own them and how they've uh, been screwing the farmers. You know, the farmers aren't getting anything, but if you go to the grocery store, you're paying through the nose, you know. So, uh, oh, I know. So the point is, I see that you on... know, so, yeah. so, so people, trade union leaders, ministers, and others, if they, if they get a whiff, you know, uh, of that we could do what we did in the 1930s. We were broke. We were in the middle of the Depression, and we launched the CCC, and we w- launched the work um, – uh, uh, what was it? The WPA program works um, production uh, administration. I have it slightly wrong, uh, as well as the Tennessee Valley Authority. Other major projects utilizing federal credit. Credit the, the government created credit. Ended it. They didn't go to Wall Street and beg for it and pay a high interest or anything like that. They they created credits out of thin air and extended them to launch these projects. Um, and, uh, and, and they, they, as I said, pay for themselves. So if people get a whiff of this and an understanding that there, where there's a will, there's a way, uh, and, and, and I've just got to shut off this pessimism, this crap. I mean, why is this game being played, you know, with uh, George Floyd? I'm not, you know, uh, it's horrific what was done to him, but what, We've got this divide and conquer game, you know, being played white against black and so on and so forth, you know, all Mm -hmm. over again, deja vu all over again. When are we going to learn? We're being played by a financial oligarch. We're being set up. Here we're launching to the ISS for the first time, as you said, uh, you know, in nine years, nine plus years. And uh, and it's and it's buried, uh, you know, uh, by rioting. Uh, around what was done to this uh, to George Floyd there in in in, in Minnesota, um, let's let's get smart here. Let's address the underlying problem that created the poverty in the first place. These poverty pockets, these so-called ghettos, or whatever you want to call them today, they were created by when the the, the tide went out. People were left high and dry by financialization and outsourcing. You know so. So rather than allowing Wall Street to rip everybody else off, it's time that we rebuild the productive economy and steer our resources to producing uh, greater creativity, greater standards of living for our, our own people and uh, and for those on other shores. I think if, the, if people what, get, a, uh, like I said, a whiff of it, we, uh, it we're already having a sense of this. Uh, this can take off. Go ahead. And before sorry, I bring Robert. in, oh no, 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 sorry. Uh, before I bring in the the panelists, if they have any comments or questions, I want to bring this up uh, because not only did the the you know people question the economic impact uh, and benefit you know of you know having the space economy and you know doing what you know the artist program, space program, mm-hmm. things of that mm-hmm. nature. They always talk about you know what, what's what's happening now. You know how can we focus on you know how can we focus on you know getting this, you know, economy and working on the an Artemis program, how, how can we even address this? How can we even talk about this when we have all this race stuff going on, all this, you know, civil unrest and, you know, going on in, the, in, in America right now? Well, recall one of the things I want to bring up in 1961 is when uh, JFK had, had his moon speech, right? And so, of course, it wasn't until, you know, later in the 60s that we were actually, you know, Landing on the moon, right? Yeah, and sure. So, After he was gone, uh, and a little, right? And a little timeline. Uh, 
you know, that, you know, to look at, you know, is in, in, in 19, in the 1961, you know, you have, uh, you know, black and white activists known as the, the Freedom Riders, you know, taking uh, mm-hmm. bus trips to South Africa to protest, you know, about those things, the Freedom Rides. In uh, 1963, uh, you had, uh, you know, Governor Wallace, you know, standing in the doorway in you know, the University of Alabama with the black students from going in and registering for that. Um, you know, Kennedy sent uh, National Guard to the campus in 63. You had about 250,000 people take part in the March on Washington. Um, that's when Martin Luther King gave his I Have His Dream speech uh, there, you know, in 63 again. Uh, you have a bomb going off in Birmingham, Alabama, 64. You know, Johnson signs the Civil Rights Act, 65. Malcolm X, you know, is assassinated. Then there's 65, Bloody Sunday. You know, Voting Rights Act of 65 in August. You know, Martin Luther King's assassinated in mm-hmm. 68. You know, Fair Housing Act in 68, you know, in 68 in April. So these things can still occur. Why, these things were occurring while we got, you know, humans to the moon. So these things were actually mm-hmm. occurring. So you can't have, you know, civil unrest, which obviously we did, and still be able to get these things accomplished. Yes, yes, and in fact, uh, Reverend Robert Abernathy, who is the president of the Southern Leadership Council, uh, who, who conference, who uh, uh, succeeded uh, the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King, he went to Cape Canaveral um, uh, with the purpose of, of uh, with uh, uh, the supporters to protest the uh, Apollo 11 mission, the Apollo 11 mission itself. Uh, uh, and he was greeted there by uh, the leadership of of NASA, uh, who uh, uh, Tom Thomas Paine, uh, who, who sat sat they sat down and they discussed this out, uh, and they discussed it from the standpoint of of of, of solving the problems of poverty. But this was going to be a much longer, large, long-term project that was going to have to be carried out. But in the process of carrying out missions like that to the moon, we were going to produce the advances uh, through what was really mere child's play, uh, Payne said uh, to to Reverend Abernathy, um, with which we can then help solve the tremendously more difficult problems here on Earth. And uh, the upshot of that was that that the um, Reverend Abernathy, Ralph Abernathy, stayed uh, to watch the launch of Apollo 11. But not only that, he became a strong supporter uh, with the Southern Christian Leadership Conference of um, of NASA and the space mission. And of course, there's many famous uh, African Americans in the in the in the U.S. space program. But uh, I, I'm just adding to what you were saying, Robert, that that the space mission can can be part of of what actually lifts the country up uh, to to solve other problems in in the process. And I, I think um, uh, Kennedy's, the Kennedy brothers' work on on uh, civil rights. It's not accidental that that occurred in the in the in the in the context or simultaneous with the space program. Well, and also, and, and, and on, it, no, no, I certainly appreciate that. Definitely. And, and then when when they were landed on the moon, sixty nine. Mm-hmm. When people were watching that on TV, and some were watching on TV, some were looking up into the, the sky, 
you know, uh, you know, and they're they're not thinking. They're thinking, wow, this was accomplishment. Yes, it was you know, all mankind, as he said, but this was definitely accomplishment for you know America, for the United States. And at that time, Indeed. at least in these periods of times, I don't think there's a lot of people thinking about you know what you know what race they are, what you know what what political ideology they belong to, what party that they belong to. They were all standing together watching that TV show, looking up to the sky as Americans, as, as Americans, you know, as citizens mm-hmm. of America. That they, the, the, I think at least for some moments that, that, that tribalism well, was not present, and at least not to the extent that, you know, there was. I think there was a – they, you know, took a time out of sorts. You know when that when those mm-hmm. things are going on, and if if we can bring that in today, I really think that is one. I mean, one thing that I, I believe that could bring you know America together. Uh, you know, I, I really and I find it. Um, you know how they say history repeats itself, and I wonder if history is repeating. I mean, I just not thought of this here, but I wonder if history is repeating itself now. I find it interesting. It's fascinating. That we have the same type of not the same type, but we we have civil unrest going on to a level that I would say was almost to the point where it was in the sixties. Seeing how during the same time of this civil racial unrest in the United States is also the same time we're trying to again get our you know the Artemis program or get our our, our space program well, yeah. uh, back to well, here. Let, let me yes, let me. I, I think that's something we, we have to explore uh, more deeply um, because there is a oligarchy. There is uh, a mindset that opposes the progress of mankind uh, that has a Malthusian outlook, you know, uh, that there's always too many people, in fact, that, uh, that, that the whole point is to keep uh, men and women down, uh, to treat them like animals. Uh, when, of course, human beings are not, in fact, uh, animals. Um, they're creative, unlike any other species. Uh, they can, in that sense, even change their own character, which is why, you know, th- there's the, the biblical concept and, and other religions have similar concepts of, of dispensation, new dispensation, and so forth. Uh, the, the, uh, the, you know, Kennedy was assassinated, and, and that, that was never resolved in terms of the actual the responsibility for that, um, the uh, the uh, 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 the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King, uh, Bobby Kennedy, uh, Malcolm X, uh, these uh, uh, these assassinations were part of what uh, then created the shift, the paradigm shift, of, uh, negative paradigm shift, you know, away from that concept of progress. Um, that Americans had coming out of World War II, having beat the Depression and beat fascism and built the United States up in terms of economic might and so forth, turned that paradigm, particularly in the context of the Vietnam War, which then went ahead, which Kennedy had, had opposed. Um, the, the Vietnam War went ahead, and, and we were in the first of our most recent endless wars, which have, have uh, crippled us so much and done so much damage elsewhere as well. And, and I think we have to face up that right now there's a battle, the, the coup that's being attempted against Trump that we've seen ever since Russiagate. Um, you know, here, here we are cooperating in space, but here in the U.S. we're trying to blame Russia. 
you know, for rigging the elections. I mean, it was the most absurd thing. Um, but from Russiagate to the Mueller investigation, Ukraine gate, uh, you know, there's the attempt to use the COVID-19 thing to, to, to blame that all on Trump, um, on and on. Um, uh, now you've got this kind of general's revolt going on. Um, we've got to realize that exactly because, you know, the United States is taking one step in front of the other back to regain its independence here, uh, and President Trump is doing the best he can in terms of his own, with his own strengths and, and weaknesses, uh, to guide us in that direction, that the rest of us have to, you know, step up. Um, if we stay, if we sit back and just wait for things to un- unfold, it could be another tragedy, one way or another. And we've got to ensure that it's not a tragedy, but in fact, it's a, you know, it's a a a, a renaissance, you know, a, a new beginning um, uh, for our nation. And and that goes for everybody in this country: black, white, Hispanic, Asian. Uh, you know, we've, we've got to come together. We've got a mission here for our nation, uh, a mission that we've got to fulfill. Um, uh, our role uh, in contributing to, to mankind as a whole. Um, uh, and uh, we've got to make sure these other great leaders did, did not die in vain. Yes, yeah, certainly. I mean, and I don't, I don't want to bring the any of the panels if they have any questions or comments and and in my in my world view is you know i don't care if you're you know black white pink yellow red green i don't care if you're catholic pagan christian jew muslim whatever mm-hmm. uh, i don't care yeah. what what nation you are just be productive just be a productive member of society you know add <laughs> to the betterment where you can of society i don't care what what those other things you want to designate yourself i mean i'm not saying people should have a um, homogenized identity. I mean, that would be boring, you know. But I, I you know, just just be productive, you know, I understand. in a positive yeah, way. I understand what you're saying. It's important, very important. Yeah. And let's go ahead. And I do got you know, you know, our panel here. Um, and so, if, uh, I wish Joe was unable to call back in, but we do have uh, we have Joseph, we have Suzette, and Kelly right now. Uh, we do have other callers. Just push to one hundred. Is there anyone that would like to have any comments for our guest, for Brian, or any comments? Um, I do. Go ahead, Suzette. Hello. Oh, okay. Hi, Brian. Hi. Hi. Hello. I'm down here in Houston, Texas. Good to be talking. To oh, you. all right. I'm in <laughs> Southern California. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> no comment. Follow <laughs> <All of> that. <laughs> uh, I wanted to ask you about um, you were talking about a space economy. So, mm-hmm. and you mentioned 2030. So, my question is: the space economy that you're talking to is that in essence a government economy? Being that you were talking about a high-speed rail, the space uh, program that we have, and the jobs that will be created from all of this innovation. Um, and advancement in technology to, you know, move forward, move the country forward, will those um, projects be uh, government-run projects? And if so, then how does the um, set credits that you talked about work into that? Yeah, sure. Good good question, big question. Um, uh, The short answer is no, uh, but it does – Involve returning the United States to being, uh, you could say, uh, there's different terms for it: dirigist economy, indicative economy, um, 
that historically it was known as the American system as opposed to the British system. Uh, the American system of Alexander Hamilton uh, and the National Bank and the initial economic policies of the United States under the U.S. Constitution, where the U.S. government, uh, in order to ensure the general welfare, um, provides direction overall to the economy. We are going to prioritize these things, you know, like Kennedy prioritized the space program or Lincoln prioritized even in the middle of the Civil War, the Transcontinental Railroad, mm-hmm. uh, and and uh, and Erie Canal, you can go on and on. The, the Louisiana Purchase, certainly uh, on and on and on, right? But this, right. So, but these so are projects you, that are paid you, for, or I'm mean, sorry, government run, though. And so, I, I'm just trying to figure out how that could be, as far as our industrial boom and all of that, that was done by private individuals, you know, innovating, being creative uh, entrepreneurs. Sure. And in this case, these other areas of space and, um, you know, high-speed rail. And it, I live in California. We tried the high-speed rail thing. Um, and I don't mean to be rude or anything, but they it was a disaster. That. It no, out. of course, it was completely <laughs> asinine the way they did it. Yeah. Uh, no, look, it's, it's, you're, you're, you're combining the two. Um, uh, look, in, in, uh, in uh, the Tennessee Valley Authority, uh, you know, that's a separate agency. It's not owned by the federal government even today. Um, uh, many of these pro- – the, the Transcontinental Railroad, that was, that was the uh, Southern Pacific um, Railway. Um, that was a, a private company, a consortium that, that, that uh, built that, you know, under, under government direction, the Army Corps helped do engineering on it and all kinds of things, but it was uh, uh, private companies that ended up owning it, uh, um, that and the other transcontinental railroads that followed it. Um, so you're combining, look at SpaceX today. Uh, mm-hmm. SpaceX it just went to the ISS. NASA had gotten, uh, for all of its strengths, had gotten over-bureaucratized, had gotten gun-shy. Uh, you know, they, they, they weren't taking chances. Um, mm-hmm. And... Um, Anyway, so so we needed an uh, an injection from the outside, you know, new ideas. You know, uh, you know, the average age of uh, a SpaceX worker is 29 years old um, today. Uh, at mm-hmm. the time of Apollo 11, the average age in the in the uh, control room at NASA was 28 years old. You know, if you're if you're going to do these cutting edge things, you got to have youth. It's got to be youth. Young people, sharp, intelligent, uh, willing to take risks, um, you know, um, and, and, and pushing the envelope. Um, so, uh, so, so the, this the private aspect of this is very real. In terms of financing, the Reconstruction Finance Corporation that lifted this out of the depression most singularly was the vehicle that was used. It actually was created by Hoover. Uh, you know, who preceded Roosevelt. But then Roosevelt took this small operation and turned it into a big uh, financing operation providing long-term credits for infrastructure projects across the country. They provided lending to banks uh, to, to pull those out of the, uh, the, uh, the fire that, the, that were worth pulling out. That was after, the, uh, after the, uh, the bank holiday and so forth and the auditors being sent in and the Books were cleaned up, and and then to help save the banks that were worth saving for Main Street, not Wall Mm -hmm. Street, but for Main Street, they 
They provided loans that were then paid, paid back. Um, okay. They uh, lent just... to the railroads. They built. Okay. Uh, they provided credits for um, uh, all kinds of um, sanitary system, waterworks, um, and so forth, all over the country. Uh, anyway, it was just uh, they. They uh, the Reconstruction Finance Corporation provided the financing to to build entire steel mills at the outset of World War II because we didn't have the capability. And companies like U.S. Steel were scared to build a steel mill and thought they'd get stranded. You know, once they built it and the government said, oh, we don't need you anymore. So they weren't willing to invest. So so the Reconstruction Finance Corporation paid to build the steel mill, and then they turned it over to U.S. Steel and said, now you run it. You know, it's yours. Run it. Um, You know, uh, this is how the real world works as opposed to, you know, British liberalism that says, oh, the free market, the free market, the free market. Of course, then they're the invisible hand that's that's robbing your your wallet out of your back pocket. Um, uh, you know, the the idea that you run an economy based on do your own thing, and that if everybody just did their own thing, everything would work out. That that's how you get robbed. Everybody gets robbed. Um, we shut down the space program, saying, "Well, we we'll have more money to spend here on Earth." Well, you know, we ended up with more poverty. And we end up with the Vietnam War. We had a disaster on our hands. Well, um, certainly, it was run improper, done improperly, and, and that's my concern. Is that it sounds wonderful, it sounds great, but we haven't even built the wall that we started along our borders, and that's been taking forever because of the constant, constant obstacles by the Democrat Party. They want to maintain power. They actually could really care less if they had any money, but but they want the power, and with the power comes the money. And that's where the stronghold is because they're working with outside entities such as the United Nations. And the United Nations is now stepping in saying that the United States is one of the most racist countries that exists, and they're going to be investigating the United States uh, for this racism. And I thought, well, who are you and, and why do you need to investigate? What are you going to do with your findings of your investigation? You'll find really nothing, but you'll find what you're looking for, basically, what they're going to find. Um, yeah, what they don't so, find, they'll we'll, create. We'll, we'll, yes. So that's and, my concern. But to that's answer, that's, why, to exactly why you, that's why you need a strong nation. Yeah, there, there, there's uh, the Democratic Party is a disaster area. But remember that Trump had to run against, what was it, 21 different Republicans to get the presidency? He didn't get right. elected as a Republican. He got elected as an independent because the Republican Party was rotten as hell, too. You know, that's, sure. that's the truth of the matter. All right? So right. The point I agree here is with you not, totally. The party is to is – the, the, the principle here is to get beyond party politics and, and bring the country together around the policies for the nation as a whole. You know, okay. George Washington had warned us against parties to begin with that that that, mm-hmm. that we should beware beware of political parties as a, a basis of political decision making in the country, and he was absolutely sure. right. So, right. so you know, so Actually, it's, it's not the Democrats; okay. it's the Democrats and the Republicans, and it's Wall Street, and it's where the money. It's the oligarchy. The, the key is to understand that around in terms of Wall Street, the City of London. You've got an international oligarchy. They they push for world government. You're, you've mentioned it in part in terms of mentioning the United Nations in terms of how that's been manipulated in various ways. 
uh, you have this whole green agenda. Look, Mark Carney, who's, who just uh, uh, stepped down from being the head of the Bank of England, is now the United Nations um, uh, top representative on climate change. Uh, and yeah. his proposal last year at Jackson Hole, Wyoming, to the, to, to the Federal Reserve was uh, we need to take uh, uh, control of, uh, of uh, the international finance system away from the dollar. We need to create a new international currency. Um, and we need to create a new system by which central bankers are using a green, you know, agenda to decide who gets credit and who doesn't. You know, like if you own a, you know, if you're uh, in natural gas or you're uh, building a nuclear power plant or you're um, doing it, if you're a farmer that has cattle, uh, well, you're not going to get credit for anything, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, this right. is Mark Carney, right? Um, and Mike Bloomberg is his best buddy here on on this side of the pond. But so you have an international oligarchy that's pushing a gene, green ad- agenda to shut everything down, public and off against Democrat. They're playing uh, black against white. And what we have to do is come together around the concept of the American system, rebuilding our national economy. And you're not going to stand up against the financial oligarchy by throwing the, the baby out with the bathwater. You've got to have sure. a strong national government that directs the country under a strong president to, to uh, rebuild this country. I'm That's all absolutely for it. essential. Yeah. So but it's the, a matter the, of getting The thing is, the it. person that, that Trump appointed to, I'm sorry, that pointed to the IMF, no, for instance, right. um, that person initially had um, was on board with Trump was telling every telling Trump everything he wanted to hear, and then once he got the position at the I IMF, then he totally switched, and now he's on board with climate change and the Green Deal and everything else. And so we have a lot of that going on as well. Yeah, There's yeah, so that, much that's to the it inside job. By 2030, right. I just don't see it happening. <laughs> well, it's not by 2030, but by the 2030s, we're, we should be going to Mars. Uh, you know, this is, this is a, a multi-generational project. This is going to take 50 years to, to get wow. to the point of actually colonizing Mars in any substantial way. So, you know, I'm not going to see it in my lifetime in terms of the full effort. Uh, it, many of us won't. But, you know, it's True. setting our sights, you know, high, you know, as opposed setting to the plan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Like setting the course, you know, like with a boat. You know, we've got to mm-hmm. we've got to set the course. Uh, thinking of our children and grandchildren. Okay. Yeah. All right. I like that. I like that very much. One last question. Um, we're oh, sure. no, Mars I now with Land your Rovers. Comments too. Oh, I'm sorry. thank you. And I Go appreciate ahead. your answers very much, though. And I like your ideas. Okay. Um, uh, we have two Land Rovers exploring Mars now. Um, I don't know. Mm-hmm. They're coming back with different things. So um, that's a possibility um, we can think about realistically. So. Um, do you see foresee any more actually putting someone within the time frame of now in 2030, at least for more exploration before we continue on move forward? There's a lot of crazy uh, uh, proposals out there, um, you know, which basically amount to putting some people in a tin can and shooting them to Mars, you know, and then hoping <laughs> you can get them back. And and, yeah. and 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 it's it's and it's anyway it's 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 just on the face of it it's absurd. We to to go to Mars, we're going to need fusion power. 
which is another aspect of a, of a science driver for economy, not fission, which is fine. We have it now, but fusion, which, uh, which is a fusing of atoms. You might want hmm? to look into him. Richard Branson is, is uh, working with that right now, so you might want to look into him. Oh, there's a, yeah, there's, uh, there's efforts all around the world. Uh, yes. Um, and uh, w- with fusion-powered rockets uh, accelerating to 1G, that is, you'd create, na- you know, essentially the effect of natural ga- gravity mm-hmm. on your rocket. Right. And you, you, uh-huh. you go there halfway, and then you start slowing down at 1G. Um, and so you're maintaining a 1G gravity all the way. Uh, you could get there in two to three days. Um, that's what you need to do because of, you know, uh, of all of the, uh, um, you know, X-rays uh, and other, you know, uh, bombardment of particles uh, in outer space um, once you get beyond the Earth's atmosphere. Um, to put men and women in a in a spaceship and, and, and have them travel Three months to get to the to Mars. Uh, at, at least at this point, we know we they'd probably be dead or basically incapacitated by the time they got there, and there'd be very Certainly. little chance that they would get back. So we have right. a lot. Of, we have uh, we have uh, you know revolutions to make in technology before we're ready to actually you know seriously put people on on Mars. But mm-hmm. uh, but we're going to do it. And, we're, you know, we were never meant to just be on one planet. Uh, we've got the whole solar system and oh. beyond, and um, it's the frontier spirit. Well, thank you very much. And if I may interject just real quick, and that's one of the importance sure. of going to uh, going to the moon, is uh, there's the element helium-3 that we've talked about on yes. numerous occasions here on, yes. on the moon, which is, the, through my understanding – is a very important aspect uh, for uh, getting nuclear fusion. Is you'll, you'll need that. Yes. It's, it's abundant on on the moon, whereas it's not the, it's not very uh, you know very abundant here. I did what he used to say. Terms is very abundant, but no, you yeah. know here on Earth. Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. it is. It would be the 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 best fuel to use utilize um, in conjunction with cerium or otherwise for for. Uh, for fusion, uh, yes, and and it's virtually non-existent on Earth. We we have a small, tiny supply that gets produced here, but it's yes. So, so I'm glad you brought that up, Robert. That's very important. Helium three on the moon, among you know, and and that really wasn't. That's one of those surprises in terms of knowledge. Um, Harrison Schmidt, who, you know, uh, the geologist that was on that went to the moon. And brought back rocks and so forth. Is it wasn't until some years later that um, uh, he and others began investigating uh, the rocks for helium three and found it. You know it, that that this was a supply. You know that this was on the moon, and and realized the significance of it. Uh, uh, the University of Wisconsin has a center as a result that's uh, that's been carrying out ongoing research on on helium three, but. You know, here was something that we we, you know, we didn't recognize it. You know, like like primitive man didn't understand what coal was. You know, in the sense of sure. a fuel. You know, uh, investigating the effect on the body the as well with the helium. You know, on the moon yeah. too, as far as the human, whether we will be able to sustain ourselves living in those conditions as well. 
Well, I, yeah, and that's um, yeah. There's just so much we have to discover and learn, and uh, you know that's why research in the Arctic is important, among other things. I mean, there's uh, there's so, there's so many discoveries going on right now. Um, I would even say, in terms of COVID nineteen, this uh, international, vast international push for um, uh, a vaccine or vaccines for COVID nineteen. It's, it's really driving uh, research, you know, on the frontiers of, of knowledge um, in, in, bio, in biosciences. We also have the, the utilization of, um, of additive manufacturing or what people know otherwise is uh, 3D manufacturing going on on the ISS right That's now. That's fascinating. We're, right? Isn't it? They're, 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 they're growing tissue, you know, that they can lay down layers of um, – of these spheroids, um, of uh, uh, of uh, cells in the hydrogels, they can lay them down in rows and then and then rows on top of rows, and then they grow together in the in the relative weightlessness of the of the of the of the uh, environment there, and they grow into mm-hmm. a, 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 a you know a, a living tissue, you know they're living cells and they grow into a living tissue. This is they're they're now growing heart tissue there. Um, it, it's very early preliminary wow. work, but uh, uh, again, there's so much. Again, it's another reason to just escape the tra- the trap of the mass media, <laughs> because you you know none of this gets virtually none of it gets reported. Um, I think there's a lot of reason to hope for mankind. Oh, absolutely, Real quick, real quick, to the programming note because I do see it's about. Uh, a minute uh, to the top of the hour. Uh, if uh, don't let your phones uh, die or drop the call, because unfortunately, after the top of the hour, uh, you will not be able to call back in. Uh, so hopefully, uh, if that doesn't happen, but the show will still, as I say, go on for about another hour afterwards. I just want to make that uh, programming note. But go ahead, get back to you, Suzette. I was just going to say, uh, more importantly, with each of these advancements, I think it's it's critical that um, unintended consequences be explored as well rather than having to find those things out afterwards. We have a tendency to <laughs> put, the heart, put the cart before the horse and we'll figure it out later. And, uh, and we find to our detriment that that doesn't work, but we keep doing it. <laughs> so I hope that um, that gets put to the forefront of these projects. Um, and back to you. Thank you very much. Thank you, Susan. Well, I appreciate it. And, um, yeah, well, I do see we're about at the hour mark for you, Brian. We certainly appreciate yeah, so, the, uh, so, the time you've yeah, been here. Now, just, of course, you're welcome to stay more if you, you like or if you have to go. <laughs> I, I really – I've got to I've got to get going at this point. But um, I, I really appreciate being on, Robert. It's good to be on from Houston here, Houston, Texas, and to be on with you there in Ohio. And um, I believe it's Ohio, right? Ohio is where you're – your, your That's around uh, that, right. program origin. Uh, right. And, um, uh, and just, I just encourage everybody to go to our, our national website. Uh, again, that's www.laroushepac, L-A-R-O-U-C-H-E-P-A-C. Uh, and, uh, and if you scroll down about eight items, you'll see the, uh, the report for rebuilding the world economy, creating 1.5 billion jobs, starting with 50 billion in the United States, productive jobs, and and get that and read it, study it, and circulate it. 
And uh, if anyone has a question, they can call me. Um, I, I, I guess this is the best number to give out. Um, uh, uh, as, I, I, as I lack another one at the, at the moment, I'll just give my number out if it's all right, Robert. Um, oh, that, that's uh, 832, fine. 832-725-1621. Uh, um, and uh, but I'll I'll redirect you uh, if you give me a call I'll get the number for our office there in in the area uh, so you can be in touch with somebody uh, locally but uh, that's uh, that's my uh, number eight three two seven two five one six two one so um, I really enjoyed it Robert I hope you uh, I hope it's been oh now certainly uh, I'd, I'd like to get back on when you have time good okay let me know I'll be glad to. Certainly. Let's keep in touch, and I really appreciate it. Thanks uh, for coming on to the show. All right. Good luck. Good luck with your show, and I and, and, uh, appreciate your guests. Thank you very much. Oh, you're welcome. Take care. Okay. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Yeah, definitely fascinating stuff, you know, it's a deep passion. But, I mean, I do think it's relevant to what we got going on today. I mean, we, we need something. Uh, that's going to, to bring us, uh, bring us together. Uh, and, you know, my first inclination is to, you know, you know, really play that, uh, that audio I have. It's about 17 minutes, but first, before I do that, depending on how conversation goes, uh, I, you know, let's go ahead and bring Joseph back in and then Kelly and see if you guys, uh, have any other comments you'd like to? It looks like Joe was unable to call us back for the top of the hour. Uh, but yeah, you know, so any comments, uh, questions, concerns, or anything that uh, anything you heard in that last hour? Uh, go ahead. We'll start with you, Joseph, and then you, Kelly. Go ahead. Yes, uh, I think you're going to have to start funding me every week to fly all the way down to New York and grab Joe myself to get him on the phone. Um, uh, we <laughs> yeah, keep he's on. He just him, so I think we need to start long. tracking him. Exactly. Yeah, we can't. So, he, so, he, he, he doesn't have a lot of time, I guess. But I mean, I I, I have to, you know, do other things. That, unfortunately, I can't bring people like right in when they call. But you know, it's just the nature of it. But yeah. that's okay. It'll be an excuse to go visit my family. Anyway, there you go. Um, you know, yeah, I'm I'm a very open-minded individual. Like I'm open to all kinds of ideas to spur the economy. Anything that will, you know, be uh, designed for the betterment of mankind and and our country, but it's and this is my opinion. I think that's impossible to do so unless you have balance. And right now we don't have balance. We have civil unrest. Just today, it was announced that over the murder charge of that Atlanta police officer with the African-American individual who clearly attacked the police officer with the taser. Atlanta police officers have actually are doing a walkout protest. They're saying, no, we don't want to do this anymore. We, 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 we are tired of going into the front lines, and then if we do our job, we get punished. Now, the George Floyd, that was clear as the sky. That we know was a no-no. Uh, there is no justification for that. If that was him, on the hair. No. <laughs> Go ahead. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> yeah, but this case clearly demonstrates that the officer used the force that was deemed necessary. And for political expediency, uh, this is a matter that's being politicized, but now you have mm-hmm. an Atlanta police officer with his life on the line. And so I think law enforcement finally had enough, and today – 
the Atlanta police officer, many departments got up and they walked out. And it, that's a good thing, in a way, because you can't oh, send a message I, I think it that is. enough is enough. Walked out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They walked out. Not only that, tonight, breaking news in Portland, protesters tore down the American flag in front of a police precinct. And you know the pole that the American flag is on? They jammed it in the front entrance of the police officer entrance so they couldn't get out or get in. And then they jammed another pole in the back entrance. And then they tweeted it out. And then the police kindly retweeted, you need to remove that. That's a safety hazard. If there's a fire, something can happen. And so, I mean, it just gets worse and worse and worse. And this is just breaking news from tonight. This is just, this is just happening, you know. Uh, you know, tonight as we speak, technically, well, a few hours ago, wow. because I keep on forgetting it's still 6 o'clock uh, in the evening over here in Hawaii. So it, it, it's nice. clearly getting out of control. And so you, 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 you can't possibly tackle one matter unless you have that balance. And with all this civil unrest and anarchy, it, it makes it kind of impossible for anything else to function until that's resolved. And that is the whole point of anarchy and chaos, right, is to disrupt the system. It's to stop everything from flowing the way it's supposed to be. That's why they call it chaos and anarchy. That's why they call it anarchists. That's what they do. That's their goal. That's their mission. So unless we can fix that, we're kind of, like Suzette said, uh, in the regards of we're putting the cart before the horse, because let me tell you something, 2030, we got to figure out if we're going to survive 2020. Forget about 2030. And and, 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 I, and and I say this with a sense of urgency. We are at the worst juncture by far, I think, in our nation's history, even a worse juncture than the Civil War. I think we're at the oh, wow. worst juncture ever in our history, beyond a shadow of a doubt, because although we had the Civil War, right, or before the Civil War or after, you didn't have people coming in, um, you know, uh, putting flagpoles, uh, 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 you know, on the doors of police precincts or local authorities. Oh, and I forgot to say, here's the kicker. They lit the flag on fire, which basically lit the, the front entrance of the precinct on fire anyways. Yeah, they lit it. Right, I got so it. we are at a scary precipice. Now, is there a coup against Donald Trump? Well, uh, yeah, there's a lot of theories about that. And now we can go on and on and on, but we don't have time on the show to do that yet. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. If another Republican was elected, would we have faced the same onslaught? I believe we would have, not at the same degree, but I think it wouldn't have mattered of which Republican would have got elected. It wouldn't have mattered because, uh, you know, the left still would have went all the way to the left, still would have went to the still would have went off the grid, and I really think... What, what, I, 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 you know... I love you, Joseph, but I don't. If it was Romney, I don't think so. I think the reason why they're so hard against, uh, I think they're so hard against Trump because Trump is actually not a Republican; he's a populist. And I but, think that if it was if it was somebody else, I think I think he has, I think he has the globalists scared to death. I think they know that if he gets another term, he's going to really 
uh, he, he's going to put, you know, a damp. Uh, there's a word I want to use that I can't think of it right now, but I mean, he's 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 definitely an obstacle to the to uh, the globalists. Go ahead. I think that's why I they would just, agree. You know, I would agree. However, long before Trump was even elected, the party already was going to the left for eight years. They're already going to the left, not even knowing that Trump, not oh, even having an inclination yeah. that Trump was going to run. And so my point is, yeah, it possibly could be so. It would not be as bad. But I still think the left would have continued going more radically to the left, to the left, to the left, and to the left. I still really, really, truly believe that still would have been the case. That would have not stopped the party's platform from going completely berserk. I think they still would have been on a mission to try to destroy the Republican Party, period, and in doing so, that's the expense of the American people. Uh, We'll never know that because... Trump did win, but we are in trouble, ladies and gentlemen. We are in a lot of deep trouble. And at the end of the day, you know, um, I'm, I'm very harsh on leadership. And I get it. I know the stack has been, uh, I know the deck has been stacked against Trump from the beginning. But at the same time, I'm kind of tired of hearing it because I heard it from George W. Bush. I heard it from Barack Obama. Look, you accepted the job. When you accept the job, you wanted the job that bad. When you want the job that bad, it, 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 you, you, you got to accept it for what it is. Even if things come out of the unexpected, that's the job you wanted. That's the risk you took. But, uh, you know, I think people are just kind of tired of excuses but, at this point. But even Bush, and, and I, I, I'm on board with that. With not, you know, I want action. But my, my thing with, I mean, yeah. but. Obama got off scot free with anything he'd done because he had a complicit media that was behind him. And even Bush, who they would even even back then they called yeah, even back then they called Bush a Nazi. He still wasn't getting it you know he was he still wasn't getting it as bad as Trump is. Uh and also I mean He's even had it. Trump's even had it within his own. Well, it's not his party because he's really not a Republican, but he even yeah. had it from the party that he's supposed to represent. True, true. He wasn't. However, you do gotta. However, George W. Bush still paved the way for Barack Obama. The voters said after eight years of George W. Bush, the voters in the box did not approve of his uh, record in presidency. Same thing with uh, Obama. After eight years, they did not approve of it. So at the end of the day, they still made their voices heard in the ballot box. They made their voices heard. And so at the end of the day, look, yeah, it's tough, I know. But Trump, you know, the the, the, – I think – and this is a consensus from people that I know. I can only go by what people that I know uh, and people that I contact. And this is left and right. They're telling me, I don't, I, don't, I don't want to hear any more excuses from our elected leaders, period. Don't want to hear it. Do something. Stop, 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 stop making excuses. Just do your job. Cool. Go out. Do it at whatever expense. You got to understand, the, the people have been pushed to the limit. People, the, pe- there's no more room for patience anymore. There's no more room well, for that- understanding anymore. And that's why I'm, and that's what I'm, sta- and that's why I'm stating is I think you know because of that, um, that's why I'm stating or I've stated that I think that the reason Trump is you know not sending in the guard one, I mean you know it's going to be, oh well you know, and we're already hearing it 
oh well, you know, and even from some Republicans. Remember, we talked about bringing in the military. You even had Republicans who are blasting, saying that he's, you know, militarizing or sending the military against the people. I mean, we even had some Republicans who were saying that, and, and the Democrats in the media. And unfortunately, you still have a lot of people who listen to you know, the alphabet quote media for that. And I think again, I think he's going to be like, look, I think his strategy, and I, I mean, I don't. You know, talk to him, and you know, I don't know, him, but I think his strategy is expose yourself for what it is because we've got, you know, what five months, you know, if that before the election, and um, you know, let's see, June 18th, July, August, September, October, we got four, yeah, we got, you know, four and a half months maybe for uh, since the election, and I think it's going to get a point where, yeah, you're right, people are going to be tired of it, and they are going to show uh, their frustrations at the ballot box. And by him him continually letting the the Democrats expose themselves for what they really are and what they're really for and what they really want to see come about, I think that's going to only benefit him. Um, now we got plenty of time to go, you know, go do the roundtable again. I, I'd like to do that speech because I think it's, um, you know, part you know mostly of what the you know what the, the show to be about here. It's kind of it's definitely an uplifting speech, and as you know. <laughs> Uh, Joseph, we could really use um, some uplifting now. Uh, but what I want to do is I want to bring uh, Kelly back in, and then we have Nathan on the line. So we'll then bring in Nathan, and then we'll see what uh, what type of time we got. Go ahead, uh, Kelly. Well, I don't know what the topics we talk about. I'm too interested in space stuff. I mean, my focus is spare time, a little here, a little there, do a little gold mining, a little hobbies, and help people almost not too I don't know. I just, uh, you know, some people, space is their thing. Some people that do weird political things, there's lots of space in their minds that we should explore. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Or maybe they should explore with a therapist. I don't know. world's a mess. But, but, you know, I am a libertarian. And as a libertarian, I have... uh, I well, right, let me else. ask you this real quick, because I, I got to ask you as well. I'm thinking about this. You're a libertarian, right? And, yeah. And, and, I, and I know you're a libertarian. And this is this is one thing I've been wanting to ask you for a little bit, but we never get around to it. But I want to. That's why I'm interjecting. You're a libertarian, and you uh, and you believe in correctly if I'm wrong, uh, personal responsibility. Correct. Uh, what was the first one? Well, you know, libertarian. Uh, you know, you, you know, you're libertarian, and uh, libertarians they do or they do not believe in personal responsibility. Oh, absolutely. That's one of our main. Pla- it's like it's like on our motto, on like our logo. But uh, and, and that's why I, 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 that's I, why I, I confound I, and, and and that well that's why it confounds me because and, and you are definitely a devout libertarian. Yes. And, and adhere to that, and, and one of my big things, I'm not a libertarian, um, is personal responsibility. And But you're, you're very passionate, uh, obviously, and that's one of your – your uh, you know, your focus is, is homeless, you know, the homeless people. And, and my, my question is, is other than someone who's a child, how is it by – you know, I don't know. I mean, I guess I would think – Working with the with, with someone homeless, would that be well? Isn't it their fault they're homeless if they're not a child? 
I always wonder about well, that because I mean, if it's if, if, if it's if it's personal if, if personal responsibility is a big thing, then you know, and we believe and you believe in personal responsibility, but you you help a lot of folks out with the homeless. Then it's like, well, they put themselves there, so why would we focus our efforts for, for someone who put themselves there in the first place? Well, there's a political life and there's a personal life, and uh, if I was personal responsibility and I make my life absolutely personal, you know, I have the perfect personal life because that's all I focus on, people are going to die. I'm sorry. But it's not necessarily the libertarian part of me. Libertarian party, basically libertarian says, no, we don't believe in socialism. We don't believe in robbing the rich and giving to the poor. We absolutely do not believe that. But in my, when you separate the personal from the political, what we have here is, well, faith. You know, God, God loves us, and he wants us to love others. And uh, so in my personal life and my faith, because God loved me, I want to share this with others. And so I help others. That's, that's, how, you, that's how that hopefully gets resolved. See, libertarians are not going to say, let's take from the rich and give to the poor and have all these social programs. No way, no how, now in this lifetime. That is not libertarians. So that's in the political. It's kind of hard sometimes to confuse the two, but I do. Ha- I do have a little funny. I want it. Well, I got a couple of funnies for you, but I do want to share with you. I know I sound like a Republican sometimes, but you know what? Sometimes don't Republicans don't get me, and they get, and it's like okay, fine. But I've come up with a solution here. Let's settle our political disagreements. Yes, 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 yes. Little thing that I've, little diagram I put together. You know, or a, <clears throat> an image, a cartoon, whatever. Let's settle our political disagreements. As a registered libertarian, I would like to negotiate between Democrats and Republicans. Both parties get what they want by giving each other what they want. Really? Okay. Here is the negotiations. If Democrats get free college for everyone, including even a master's degree, then the Republicans get free pistols for everyone, i.e. a 9mm Glock with a 19-round clip. Now, in this negotiation, we'll go further. If Democrats get free health care with all pre-existing conditions, then the Republicans get a free AR-15 with a 24-round magazine, scope, and a tripod. Now, if the the Democrats get illegal immigration, no walls, no condition for entry, and no deportation of anyone, then the Republicans get the Bible taught in all public schools and prayer allowed in public events. Evolution theory is outlawed. There. As a libertarian, I just solved all of our problems. It settles it. Now, can't we all just get along? Why can't both parties give each other what they want? <laughs> See? Oh, that's that's not a bad. That is not a good idea. On so many levels. <laughs> well, well, the, the, the funny point, I, the funny thing about this is I set this up. Hey, you give me this, I'll give you that. No, <laughs> both parties are like no. <laughs> that's why I'm like. 
It's a complete spoof. <laughs> it's a spoof. Yeah, oh, I know, I know, but it's uh, yeah, that's, yeah, that's there's 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 no way. I thought I, I thought maybe the the third thing you were going to say instead of the Bible, so that kind of threw me off. But I thought you were going to say like we get like a tank, you know, the <laughs> <laughs> we get a tank. Yeah, the other two, well. the, the other two, the other two were gun related, so I thought maybe the third one, Ben, you know, maybe get a bazooka or a, or a tank or something uh, for that. But let's go ahead and. Uh, Let's go ahead and and, and and with the and, and with the um and I'll make this last comment about you know when people say oh well, the space program is just someone's thing, uh it, it's not you know for me it's not about yeah it is an interest and it, and some might even say it's a hobby, but this is something as I touted earlier, this isn't just something that's going to affect a group of people, and what I mean by that is yes. Take care of homeless people if someone wants to take care of homeless people. Feed hungry people if that's only going to affect hungry people. That's good. What you're doing is you're helping a, you're helping a group of people, and that's fine. When I'm touting have a, a space economy, and actually through that, uh, when you mentioned you know his space economy, that was a term I kind of uh, I kind of I didn't coin it, but that's the one I brought up um, in, in our discussions when I was on a conference call with him. But that's a, you know, that's fine. Um, but what I mean by the space economy is that the space economy that I, you know that we're talking about that I brought up isn't there to just help a group of people. It's not just to help astronauts. It's not just to help the you know the people who are in the space field. This is something that is supposed to bring up all of America, all of Americans, bring everybody together. So that what, why do I think you know having a space economy and, and uh, supporting the space pr- program is important because it's not just it's not just going to positively affect one group of people or a few groups of people or a certain group of people. It's going to positively affect everyone, okay, because there's, there's so many technologies that come out uh, of a space program, as Brian uh, you know, discussed and, and brought up early in our conversation. So that's why I, I think, at least in my view, where supporting a space program is more important because it does bring everyone – it's not just for groups. I know our good friend um, John, when he used to call in, and ever since COVID stopped, I haven't heard from him. So hopefully he's okay, uh, you know, from the COVID, but we haven't heard from him uh, since uh, the COVID has started. Uh, but anyway, I mean, he used to say, well, it's only hope in certain groups. No. That's why I was so adamantly against, uh, you know, his uh, – his opinion, and I, you know, I think that his opinion on that, because it's not just helping the people because that's just their thing. That's just their, their you know, interest. It's not about it being an interest. It's about this is something that can actually not only bring people up in the economy, but the reason I even brought it into uh, the topic for tonight's show during this time uh, you know, of our history is that it can bring everyone up. It can bring everyone together. And, and, and what happened in the 60s, is I, uh, I mentioned earlier in the show when Brian was on, you had all these civil rights things going on from 1961 to 69, all of these different events that are circulated around civil rights and race and things of that nature, and yet we were still able to make the accomplishment of getting to, uh, of getting to the moon. Um, oh, we lost Kelly's call, so uh, I hope that it wasn't that I made him upset with my comment. Um, but so you know, I mean, you know, we'll, him and I, I'm sure we'll talk about that later off the show, unless unless he's not going to be my friend anymore because we had a disagreement, like my friend Gary I mentioned earlier on in the show. 
Um, hopefully that's not the case, but I guess it's something Kelly and I may, may pan out. Or maybe it's just that a send uh, dropped. I mean, I don't know. Uh, but be that as it may, is that, you know, that that's that, that's why I have that. I mean, I'm not saying people shouldn't have their own, you know, interests and in, uh, and think. And I'm not saying that they're they're not important. I'm just saying that if we're looking on a grander scale, and I'm a grander scale thinker, you know, I always have been, even since I was uh, younger. It's probably why Alexander the Great is one of my biggest heroes. Uh, is that again, it's it's on a grander scale. It can bring everybody up. And again, as I was saying before, I noticed that Kelly dropped the the call. Is that you know, this is something that had, was accomplished before, and it can bring people together as it did in 1969, you know, something for us to fo- you know, focus on other than our tribalism that we're obviously seeing, you know, seeing going on now um, that, that can bring us together. And I, I think that's, you know, we, we did it in the 60s and things were, you know, well, you know history, and we, you know, I think we can do it now, and I think we need to do it now. Um, and so again, I'll, I'll reach out to Kelly and see if he just just dropped or if it was something where uh, he got upset at my comments. But again, well, that's something we'll help and I'll pan that out off the air. But let's go ahead and bring in Nathan. Uh, thank you very much, Nathan, for coming to the show. How are you tonight? Pretty good, sir. Hey, listen, I got thank, two things. One, I saw the video with the guy that took this taser. Um, and I, I remember what he said at the beginning. You know, this, this is what these cops deal with. He gets out, he goes up, he talks to the guy, finally wakes him up, and then he goes back to his car and he sees the guy's not moving. He goes back over there, opens the door, shakes him, and says, hey, man, you need to, you know, he fell back asleep. He tells him, pull over there. He pulls over there, he goes over, and he's just going to make sure everything's good, sleep it off, and he's talking to the guy, and he's walking back, and he's struggling. He's struggling with his conscience, and I, I understand that if this guy, he, he wakes up and decides he's going to go someplace, and he gets in a wreck and he hurts somebody, guess what? That, that it's been documented that, that, that the cop ran into him and didn't get him off the road, and maybe if he would have took his keys, but even still, if he would have took his keys, he could get out drunk, staggering out in front of a car and get hit, and, and somebody's going to sue the cop and the police department. So... The man's wrestling with his, his his conscience. What do I do? And he he asked himself in the in the cruiser, "Do I want to deal with this guy?" And he gets up and he goes over one last time to check on the guy. And the guy's asleep and he wakes him up. Hey, can I see your driver's license? He wants to just double check. You know, he knows that he's committed now. And then all of a sudden, life changed for him and his partner. Uh, the whole future is going to be completely different because this guy didn't cooperate. You could tell when he's talking to him. The guy said he had uh, uh, one, only one, one vodka, and then later on it was one and a half vodka, and then later on it was a daiquiri. Uh, and he's talking about the motel is just two blocks right up here, and he mentioned the address on the road, and they're saying that road is not in this town. That that What city do you believe in? And he told him. And then he changed the city a couple other, and he he was he was not right there at all. So as this thing escalates, he couldn't ask. They would ask him one question, and he would start babbling off. His mind was someplace else. Uh, so they at the end of the at the end when they say we got we got to get take this guy in, he failed the test. He failed the uh, uh, the breathalyzer and and the um, 
the manual dexterity test. He fell it off, so you got to go to jail. And then he decides, I'm going to, I'm not going to jail. I'm going to fight you. And he grabs the taser. Now, and here's what I'm hearing people say. I've been hearing people tell me this all day. You know, uh, that that was over the top. They, he, you know, they shouldn't have shot him. L- listen, he's got a taser. Guess what? If he tases you, boom, you're on the ground. Guess what? Your 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 gun belongs. Your gun belongs to him. He he can do he can do more damage than tase you. You know, if he's got the nerve to take your gun, plus if he's got the nerve to run, he has no respect. He can't be trusted. He's dangerous. He's just running. And and so so this guy was bad news, and these cops' lives are going to change. The life for their family is going to change. One of them will probably, or both of them will probably spend time in jail. And that's a shame. What I would do, and I would support the cops, if they just tell their commanders, look, look, either we do our job or we walk off the job right now, and you can let the place burn. They they get hired. They give their life to protecting us. And then whenever people get crazy, they say, well, you're not allowed. You've got to be nice and kind and gentle. And I'm not, I'm not talking about the cops that lose their temper and start punching the guy over and over and over. I've seen that happen. Those guys need to be dealt with. I know this guy uh, in, in Minneapolis, we cannot say that, that he's a racist. I, I can't say. I know that in that man's mind and his heart, he's a racist because I didn't see anything. The only thing I can see that's in his heart is he he's, he has a disrespect for life. Any of us, even if you're not, you've never taken martial arts, you know you chop a guy in the neck and he passes out or at least staggers cause, and loses his, his, his uh, momentum to be able to function physically because you just temporarily cut the blood going in his jugular vein to his head and you won the fight or at least stopped him. So this guy sat there for almost nine minutes with his knee in it. He knew what he was doing. That man has murder in his heart. The cops need to do their job, and then at the end of the day, anybody that didn't do their job, um, you know, uh, I, I, this, this, is, this is a messed up deal. America's got problems if we don't let the cops and the military do what they were trained to do. And let's weed out the guys that ain't doing it and, and, and let them stand on the carpet. Here's another thing you guys got into now, you, you know, I'll still be your friend, Robert, but you might not want to be my friend after this. So I'll understand. I'll just hang up. I'll just hang up on you after. If you okay, good, that. good. <laughs> Listen, when you guys start talking about the Republican Party, I'm going to say I would never vote for a Republican if my life depended on it. And 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 the reason I say that is my life is dependent on it, and it's not gotten any better for any of us. The Republican Party is the biggest. If you say to me, I need to vote for the lesser of the two evils, then I would have to vote for the Democrat, because the Democrats are honest about what they believe. All their policies, they have a strong voter base. The Republicans deceive people. All of the, all, not one, most, or but all of the, the policies that Trump is, is, is uh, trying to overthrow, that he got elected to overthrow, to repeal, not one of them belongs to the Democrats. They take credit for them, but not one of them belongs to the Democrat. The, a, a global economy we got comes from several things. The, the 1990, well, it started with the Republican Party way back before my time. I'm 59 and a half, and before I was ever born, this stuff was in play, and 
and it's a thing called the uh, uh, most favored trade nation for for China. We'll 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 let these guys see what it's like to ride around in a nice car, nice clothes, and go through a drive-through and you know live the good life, and they'll join the family of man. They've never stopped calling us their enemy, declaring us their enemy, and we still have given them our economy, and that's what NAFTA did. And then you got a thing called Executive Order 12803. 12803 is an executive order that George Daddy Bush wrote, and that gives the Chinese and the, and, and, and the Muslims nations and Mexico and any other, any other nation in the world to come in and buy our infrastructures. You, you can walk into a courthouse to go to court to do your title work or, or do anything and be standing there in this big building and going, wow, this, this, is, this is where America comes to take care of business. Guess what? You might find out that building is owned by one of these other countries. They own schools. They own highways. They, owned, they have bought up our ports in 2006 when, and when Dubai was going to manage a port over here, and the people were screaming about that because we thought it was about jobs to foreign people, you know, cheaper jobs. But it's not. They, they own that stuff. They bought that port. We got, we got, you got to look at that, 12803, and uh, what that did is, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the Constitution, but Article 6, the second paragraph, says we cannot enter, enter into any treaty that, the, document, that the, the, the Constitution has less authority. The Constitution has to trump every agreement we get in with any company, you know, our country, I mean. And, and here's, I'm going to say some stuff about the Republicans. Um, the Republicans, we hear, if you, if you are pro-life, you, we know you've got a place in the Republican Party because they run on pro-life. If, if you're pro-abortion, then we know your place is in, because if that's your issue, you've got a place in the, in the Democrats. Okay? But if you go back to 1969, George Daddy Bush, Congressman George Daddy Bush, wrote a bill called Title X that makes it a federal law that the, the U.S. Congress has to fund Planned Parenthood. That was before Planned Parenthood was in our mind. Shame well, on these okay, pastors stop, that endorse these Republicans. Let, 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 well, hold, hold on. Well, let, let, me, let me stop you there. I'm going to stop you there. Because uh, you're talking about Trump. And, and, and there's talk about, you know, was it not, you know, one, Trump's not a Republican, and anyone who says I agree. he is. Okay. Two is that you know there's a lot of I mean I I left the Republican Party back in 2012 because they nominated you know they coordinated a, a guy who definitely was not a conservative. Okay, I'm a conservative first among anything. You know I don't even consider myself a Republican. Now do I think the Democrats are worse? Certainly. Two things. One, if one I mean I used to be big in the you know I uh, I mean actually. Pro-life, or I, I didn't call myself pro-life because I'm an anti-abortion. You know, I was I was an anti-abortionist. Not that I promote it. I still think it's wrong. I think that it's a subject that conservatives are spending a lot of time on. It's not going to get anywhere with it. It's just, that's unfortunately that's an issue that there's just never going to be a win. I mean, for the conservatives, it's never going to be overturned. It's never going to be stopped. I find it utterly ironic that you have conservatives who are fighting. You know very vehemently 
to save basically, you know, the babies of liberals. Because if you're a conservative, you're not going to go out and have a you're not going to have an abortion. So if you're going to have an abortion, your ideology is, is a liberal because you're just not. I mean, you, just, you you can't be you can't consider yourself a conservative if that's something that you know you would consider doing. And so you know, I, I do find it utterly ironic. That is conservatives, you know, again, vehemently fighting for the lives of, of liberal, you know, babies who are from liberals. But anyway, but as to defunding Planned Parenthood, remember, there was a big uh, deal where you know, Trump was attempting to uh, to defund, you know, not have national uh, funds go to Planned Parenthood. Uh, and then, you know, that's that one too. thing. And, and to, yeah, I'll get you in real quick to that after that. And then I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure uh, Joseph has some things to, to add into that. And two is that, you know, with the Democrats, you know, I, I, I'll have to disagree with when you're saying that they're, they're not worse than the Republicans because, uh, yeah, I, they I, may say, hold on, hold on, please don't interrupt me. I didn't interrupt you. Okay. Uh, and so, you know, they may say, you know, you know, exactly what they are, not really, because, you know, they, they keep the open borders. They say they're pro-American, but they're not. You can't be pro-American and you know and say you're for the American people when you you know you want open borders. You support uh, sanctuary cities. You don't even have the American flag, you know, at any of your primary debates. So you don't know, give up that you know you're for the people of of America. You you know you're you know that's who you you know are fighting for. That's not true. So that in and of itself, you know, can't say that they're that they're truthful, and you know, there's been so many times where they 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 flip flop on their things too. So they're not truthful. Now, Suzette, you wanted to to chime in on that. Go ahead. Okay, uh, I, 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 uh, so, I I will go back to that. The Democrats are the lesser the, the, the lesser of the two evils, because uh, and I was going to say George Daddy Bush in 1969 wrote a bill called Title X that funds. Yeah. He's a globalist. No, I'm not. Okay, but, but I know. But listen, listen. They let they let that bind. They, uh, George Bush, a Republican, made uh, that, wrote that law. Then 1970, the year later, this and now this is before Planned Parenthood was in our mind. Okay, then the next year, a Republican Nixon signed it, and then in 73, Roe v. Wade. Seven of the nine president, uh, the judges that ruled in favor of Roe v. Wade were, were Republican appointed. Same with the judges that, uh, in a state that had a marriage defined as one man and one woman. Did any Democrat change it? Did any huh? Democrat change it? No, 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 no. You're not. No, you're not hearing what I'm saying. Is the de- Republicans run on something that's not their policy? Uh, all these policies are are Republican policies. They they're Democrat policies, but the Republicans run on stuff. Let me give you one, and then I'll hang up on this one, and I can give you a bunch of them because I've studied this for years. In 2010, the Republicans lost to uh, – the Democrats pushed through uh, Obamacare, okay? That's in 2008. 2009, they're running on – we need more – they got uh, – in 2010, they got a majority in the, in the Congress. Then the Republicans saying we, we, we can beat it. We brought it up a bunch of times, but we don't have the numbers in the Senate. The Senate ran on – the Republicans ran on repeal Obamacare in 2012. They got a nine-point lead, okay, a nine-man lead in, in 2012. 2013 of September, uh, Ted Cruz 
And this is how he got the lion Ted by Trump. I contacted a guy in the Trump campaign and sent his record to, to this guy, and he got it in front of Trump. And three days later, I heard the word lion Ted. Lion Ted uh, did a 21-hour, 19-minute fake filibuster in September of 2013. At, after all night of talking, they went up, took a shower, ate breakfast, came back down and voted 100% unanimously for the whole entire Republican and Democrats voted for Obamacare. And, and, if you, and you can go to YouTube whoa, and bring whoa, whoa, up whoa, the C-SPAN. Okay, wait, wait a minute. You're saying, wait a minute, hold on. And I'm going to bring in Suzette because she wants to chime in, and, and I, don't, I don't want to cut her out. See, you're saying that all the Republicans voted for Obamacare. 100%, and I'll bet saying. my life on it. I'll bet my uh, life on not, it. You might want to. I'll tell you what I do. I'll tell you what I do. You tell Suzette. me the Hold city on. you are. I'm bringing in Suet. I'm bringing in, I'm bringing in Suzette. Hold on. Go ahead, because she wants to chime in, and we cut her off, and we shouldn't do that. Uh, and she, Because I did say I was going to bring Suzette in, so let's not cut her off. Go ahead, Suzette. Okay. Uh, thank you. Um, well, as far as um, why, as far as the two lesser, the two evils, you have Bill Clinton, who in 1993 had signed was signing a deal with the Rio de Janeiro UN, basically putting us on board with the whole sustainable development or Agenda 21. Bush Sr. Was, had, went to the Rio de Janeiro conference and had negotiated things, but because of the tumultuous election that he had, a re-election, he decided to opt out of signing it. So when Bill Clinton took office in 93, he put his John Hancock on there. But it had to have Senate approval, and they couldn't get it done. The Republicans had voted against it. So basically, Bill Clinton was trying to sell out the country. And as far as Obamacare goes, yes, the first round of votes, when the Republicans had input on, when they were first talking about the um, Obamacare, and they had a roundtable, it was a newscast, and they were all sitting um, around this table and negotiated different things. But then it had changed. So when it had changed... That first initial vote, yes, they had Republicans on board. But the final, when they said, well, you have to read it to find out what's in it, they didn't vote. There was not one single Republican vote, and you can check who voted for that, and all you have to do well, yeah, is I've got here. Yeah, it says the affordable, yeah, like Congress. Yeah, I've got the affordable, yeah, the affordable Care Act received 39 votes against it in the Senate, all from Republicans. One senator abstained from voting in the House. Okay, the you're ACA talking about 2012. 212. No, no, not, not, I'm talking 12. You're talking 15. No, this is 2009. Okay, listen. Let me finish this up. Just let me finish what I was saying about this, and then I will I will shut up and not say another word on the phone or hanging up. Listen, here's what happened. 2012, they won a nine-point lead in the Senate, the Republicans. In 2000, December 2013, he did his 21-hour, 19-minute fake filibuster. They voted 100% unanimously for the whole entire Senate for Obamacare. The Republicans never brought it back up again until December 15, December 15, one month from 2016 election cycle. They hit the 2016 running on repeal Obamacare. When they got elected in 2016, they started stalling Trump. They couldn't come up with any bills that made him happen. In 2018, they never brought it up in any elections. And, and in 2020, we're going to realize Obama. So, and listen, I will bet my life. You proved me wrong on that. 
did 100% in 2013 after the filibuster. They, they voted 100% for it, and I can send you the, the, the record in the Congress, and not only that, I can go on YouTube and find the C-SPAN vote that went out on C-SPAN TV Live, and, they're, and, they're, and they're, they're reading off the votes as they're counted. And when you hear all these people, they were all yeses for it. Ted Cruz was a yes. All of them were yes. I will bet my life. You prove me wrong, I'll drive up to where you live. We'll go out on the side, side, side of a highway, and when a truck comes by, I'll jump in front of that truck and pay my bill. I will bet <laughs> you my life. I'm saying this on national radio. I will give my life for this because I know it's true. I got it right here on my computer. You can go get it. You guys know how to search uh, uh, the, the government websites and uh, uh, on the uh, political records. Here's another one. Okay, I'm just going to shut up on that one because I said I would, do, I'd be, would do, I, I would be done. I won't say another word. I will bet my life on that, Robert. And I can prove to you, not on that issue, but other issues that the Republicans are, every policy Trump is trying to repeal are Republican policies. Sorry, I'd have to disagree with you. Okay, well, I'll bet my life if you can show me I'm wrong. I have spent years studying this, ma'am. I'm willing to, here's what my story is, and I'll I'll hang up and listen. Well, I can't hang up, but I'll, I'll, I'll unblock me or block me so I can sit and listen. But here's my story. I got my first computer, because I'm a low-tech redneck. I got my first computer in, in February of 2004. My sister and my neighbor taught me how to use it. I went back, and I was a flaming at the, at the heart uh, 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 Republican from 18 up to then, which I was 44 years old then. And, and while I was served in the military under the, uh, uh, Reagan, Bush, and my reserve under Clinton, I followed the military. And when I was in the military, because of what I did, I, I voted Republican and pushed them hard because I thought that they were better for, you know, what, our defense. But in uh, 2004, when I learned to use the computer, I went back to the Great Depression and researched the Republican Party's uh, platform and they have never done what they run on except for the two terms of Reagan. After Reagan left office, they went right back to it. Uh, the NASA, well, you, you, uh, you know, all of these well, Hold things. on. Back up. Back, back up. You do realize that most of those years that the Democrats ran the, at least one, one, you know, either the House or the Senate. It's not both. Yes, until the 1994. It's kind of, it's kind of, it's, yeah, it's kind of hard to get things. It's kind of hard, hard to get things done when you have the opposing force. I mean, look how much uh, look, look how much trouble Trump has been having. I mean, when he when you got a House of Representative or a Senate, you know that it's it's hard to get things done when you when you have uh, an opposing you know an opposing party. That I mean, personally, I liked it. That's why one of the reasons why I tout the IRIS system so much. Um, now, do I do see we're we're coming close, and darn it, I'm kind of upset I wasn't able to play that audio I wanted to tonight. Because that's the real reason for the show tonight. Um, it's about that, but unfortunately, we ran out of time. So I want to give uh, I want to give Joseph an opportunity to uh, chime in uh, before I have to close things out for the show. So go ahead, Joseph. Thank you, Robert. I appreciate it. Um, you know, I've been on your show for many years, and. Uh, one of the reasons why I love your shows and many other podcasts like this is because it allows people with different platforms and different viewpoints and different opinions to come on here freely, fear or intimidation, 
and to express it in a, in a, in a very advanced dialogue. Um, I think people these days would trust podcasts more than the news anymore. Don't blame them. Um, especially your podcast is awesome. Um, so I hear what Nathan is saying, and I hear what you absolutely and and that's that i'm going to be going to say it like this nathan is entitled to believe what he wants robert is entitled suzette is entitled uh, dr tolberg we're we're all entitled that's the beauty of this country constitutional republic we're entitled to vote the way we want so instead of the back and forth and and it, and it just shows you how vitriolic sometimes politics is can get over you know what begins to be a simple issue uh and then sometimes it's not our fault sometimes we do allow um passions to guide our reasons and we can get passionate and that's that's okay as long as we get passionate in a civil way which is always done in our show i mean we, we have to have passion and dialogue as well um sometimes we go back and forth and Sometimes then it be, uh, sometimes we intend the conversation to go one way and then it comes down to one wants to prove who's right among the other. So I'm going to say it simple as I used to say it on the campaign trail. We're going to forget, we're going to pretend hypothetically that the world started a month ago. Just, just hear me out on this. Okay. We're, we're going to forget everything that happened the previous months, over 100 years of history. Hypothetically, think this way campaign-wise. If you like the direction in which our country has been heading over the last month, I won't even go back to March, since last month and up until today, the choice is just clear. It's not about who's right, who's wrong, who passed it in this year or not. It's just very simple. You vote blue. That's it. Simple as that. This way we don't have to be choking each other and trying to come out here and, and betting our lives and who's right and who's wrong. And, and because that's, that's, that's why our, our, our political climax is so toxic. And it's not toxic. It, 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 it's not always intended to be that way. You start a conversation one way and it, and it gets spiraled out and it's okay. We're allowed to be passionate. But if you don't like the way this country has been run from last month to today, the option is very clear. You vote red because there are no other choices. And Robert is right. Donald Trump is an independent, but he is under the R. He is on the ballot as a Republican. So in November, the people will have their say. And until then, you know, we could advance the dialogue and we can we could go into many topics. And, and but what it's going to boil down to is what type of America do we want? And it's up to us to decide that we have that power in that ballot box this November. We have it and we are going to use it. And it's not going to be about who's right or wrong, because, you know, every person will see the lens in a different perspective. Some people can look out at the sky right now and say it's red, and some can say blue, and then you can go on and on for a thousand years on who's right or who's wrong. I'm just saying there's two decisions to be made in November. It's right around the corner. So if you like anarchy, if you like chaos, if you like racial division, 
If you like our economy being in the tank, if you like a party that espouses that, that's, that's fine. Hey, I, I, who, who am I to say that's, that's wrong, right? I mean, fine. That's your right. Go out and vote. But if you want this country to be restored, if you want it to continue to be on the prosperous path that it was before COVID, even though I will admit the Republicans have not been the most cooperative with Donald Trump, ladies and gentlemen, we don't have any other option. There are only two options. There are only two viable options. That's really what it comes down to. Or the third option is you could just sit on the sideline, you cannot vote, and let history decide for itself. And that's all I have to say. That's my closing comments. And and I mean this with my heart. I have nothing but the deepest respect for everyone on this show. You, Robert, you're amazing. Suzette, um, Dr. Tolberg, Joe, everyone. This is what this show is about. It's good to have passion from time to time. This is good. This is good. But what I love about it is we do it in a civil and honest way. We may not always agree, but we come on this show without fear of reprisal, without fear of being judged, and we just come out and we just express our views and we advance the dialogue. And I believe if more people did this, more voters would be informed today. And I'll leave you with one more thing. The major problem is 80% of the electorate continue to be asleep at the wheel. And when you have the majority of the electorate that have been asleep at the wheel for the longest time, well, that's why we kept on electing people like Nancy Pelosi, Mitch McConnell, Chuck Schumer. People ask, why are they in power for 40 years? Well, we the people decide to vote them over and over again, which is our prerogative. But all I'm saying is at the end of the day, you can't have your cake and eat it. You can't say... Uh, I'm not for this politician, but I continue to vote for them every time for re-election. Everyone, stay safe. God bless. And uh, I always have you in my thoughts and my prayers. And as always, Robert, I look forward to another epic show for next week. Thank you, guys, and have a good night. I appreciate it. You too. I only got a few minutes. I'm going to uh, do this before I close things out. And so I'm going to just close things out here myself. Um, Real quick, July 28th, this is uh, Ted Cruz votes. But July 28th, 2017, to repeal the ACA by enacting Health Corps Freedom Act, uh, skinny repeal. Yes, to repeal and replace the ACA by it, uh, acting the Obamacare Repeal uh, Reconciliation Act 2017, July 26th. Cruz, yes. Uh, motion to waive all applicable budgetary discipline. Uh, Cruz, yes. Motion to proceed on H.R. 1628 Health Care Care Act of 2017. Cruz, yes. 2017 uh, budget resolution to begin the process of repealing the ACA. Uh, Senator Cruz, yes. Restore the Americans Health Care Freedom Reconciliation Act of 2015. Cruz, yes. To repeal the Patient, the patient Protection the Affordable Care Act uh, and Health Care and Education Reconciliation of 2010 entirely. 20, July 26, 2015. Ted Cruz, yes. Okay, so he voted a lot of votes against the, uh, the ACA, but I do have to end tonight, as I do every night, and that is by the song from Aubrey Ashburn. Helps bring that, things uh, uh, back down calmly, uh, as to the passionate shows you pointed out, uh, Joseph. And so, good night, folks. Uh, thank you very much. I do appreciate everyone's input, and hopefully we'll see you next week. And uh, good night and take care. Good night. Mm-hmm.